Hey, Gravity Lift fam, we have a big favor to ask of you. Please head over to iTunes, look up the Gravity Lift podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be awesome if you are a fan of the podcast. And if you are looking for other ways to support, we have a Patreon page, which is a simple way for you to contribute to the creation of all things Gravity Lift. In exchange, you'll receive some fun perks as well as our humble gratitude. And it's really just a way for us to continue creating new and informative content. If you'd like to learn more, head to patreon.com slash gravity underscore lift. Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. How was your day? Fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Got a new big boy job. (laughs) So now, what what all is there? There's DJ, there's yoga teacher, there's cider maker, and... Podcast host. Oh, and podcast host. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. And consultant. And consultant. That's yeah. pretty cool. Just trying to do all the things. Oh, and plant daddy. Definitely a plant daddy. And and blue daddy. Yeah. Whoa. You're busy. I know. Busy bee. But it's good. Yeah, I'm proud of you. It's pretty challenging to balance lots of different things, but I think you are doing it well, and and you're not going to disappear from all this other stuff. We'll still make podcasts, and you'll still do DJing, but you're just going to have to go, you know, do the real-world consulting business side of you. Yeah. We all have sides, yeah? Yeah, we all have many sides. Yeah. Someone who I think has some fantastic sides is our boy Jade. Right? He has kind of come out of the woodwork. Yeah, I don't even really recall when I first had that, like, oh, Jade, who's Jade moment. He was just suddenly in, in our do. lives. Do you? I remember being at Monkey Loft and people like, and somebody introduced me kind of to Jade. Mm-hmm. He like walked by and I was like, oh, hey. like, Was he playing? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe mm-hmm. or something. But I remember somebody, somebody being like, you don't know Jade? And I was like, no. <laughs> they were like, how do you not know Jade? Like, you've been DJing in the scene for, like, six plus years. Like, Jade's been doing the same. He's got his own, like, collective mind at large put together. How do you not know who he is? Yeah, for whatever reason, our paths hadn't crossed. And yeah, and now that it has, I I love having him in our lives. We're both big fans. He's, he's a pretty magical dude. He's so sweet, and he's lots of fun. And the podcast was a great... I think it was a great, I mean, as it is with everybody, it was a great excuse for us to get to know him outside of the busy nightlife scene and festival world and get him right here in our studio and really kind of get to know a whole another side to him and the the layers of Jade. Yeah, you kind of get people at their Facebook value, really, which is kind of weird. It like diminishes you and also kind of pigeonholes you into not oh, in here just no. like in life in, in general. facebook yeah yeah, yeah for like sure. when, when you talk with someone on facebook you see their posts and whatnot you're like oh that's kind of who this person is mm-hmm. and then you meet him in real life and it's just personality blossoms and you're like oh whoa you yeah. are so much more than that and jade is definitely one of those people who is so much more than that he's uh he rallies around in his woke wagon yeah the woke wagon pretty dope he's king jaderade he's definitely a 
great part of this community, but also just like everyone we have on here, you can tell he's about creating a better space and a better place um, everywhere he goes, right? He's trying to level people up, not just musically, but just as genuine and kind and authentic human beings, which I really appreciate. And I love when we when we guess right, right? When we were like, oh, this person seems like that. And then we get them in here and we're like, oh, yeah, it's good stuff. Agreed. Uh, well, I won't keep you guys too much then because he's got some fantastic content and we absolutely love talking with him. So give it up for King Jaderade. Woo! Jade? Yes. Jaderade, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you just got done with a tour. I did. I did. Was, was that like your first tour? No, I toured around when I was younger. Mm. I, I used to play in like punk rock bands and uh, um, we did we did some touring around. This was much more well thought out and uh well executed we you know it's nice being an adult and having money and (laughs) pre-planning for things and you know being a 16 year old kid and just winging it and it's some dude's van was <laughs> never never a great idea but we always made it work yeah so was it like uh did you book flights and everything or did you take the woke wagon no or what? we actually just drove one of the guys uh it was just like a subaru forester we uh we just drove down in that and yeah it was four dudes and a forester and it, it was pretty fun. Nice. Where all did you go? Uh, so we, our first stop was San Francisco. We played at Temple Nightclub. And then we played in Santa Barbara at EOS Nightclub. And then we, uh, we had, uh, like one of the guys on, one of the guys on our tour, he had San Diego the day before we showed up for San Francisco. And then we drove back up. We did Seattle, Bellingham, Portland and then Eugene canceled because uh, I think the venue lost its liquor license. Ooh, brutal. Yeah, so we uh, we lost one of the dates there, but yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty healthy tour. It was like you know two weeks total on on the road and it was, uh, a lot of a lot of car time, nice. but it was fun. All the stops were pretty cracking. We had we had a really good time. People showed up. They loved our music, and that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. Nice. And so was that more of a, was that like a straight up Jaderade tour? Was it, it had anything to do with Mind at Large? Or no, what? that was actually just a, that was actually just a DIY, just a one-off tour. I, we, I, I toured with Matt McFerrin and when we play as a duo, we play as Street Meat, um, <laughs> that, which comes from uh, my old group, Meaty Beats and Streeter, Street Meat. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So what was the... What did you notice from venue to venue and place to place? Did the people vary? Did the atmosphere vary? Was it all kind of? Did you do you feel like you pull similar people at each place? I th- I think the crowd. It's it, there's always a variance, and it's it's always like kind of nerve wracking going into it and not knowing many people in the city and hoping that you know just word of mouth and you, you know the SoundCloud push and everything was enough to bring them out. You know so. Having all like it's, I would say most of m- most of the vibes were pretty similar at each club. It it brought out a very similar crowd. Everyone had their like individual quirks, so like they're they're all, everyone's a bunch of weirdos. So <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think across the board the vibe was pretty much the same. I think we're pulling a pretty a pretty straightforward demographic. So yeah, 
Nice. Solid. What, what was your recommended uh, passing the time in car games? Oh, man. Do you do like the license plate game? Do you do? <laughs> well, I mean, we obviously four DJs in a car. It's like a battle for the Augs chord, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But that, that was actually like probably the best part about it is getting to pick other people's brains on music that mm. I've never heard and just like that, that, that raw discovery human to human like oh have you heard this song you like that how about this song and yeah you know just kind of grow your library and your music knowledge yeah it's always funny spend 30 hours in a car with a guy you know yeah when you're used to being a dj you're so used to playing so much music and you're used to hopping in the car and being the ox right and i love it because i drive everywhere all the (laughs) time uh especially because we live out here and it's 30 minutes into Seattle or whatever. And so I'm just used to driving. And whenever someone else hops in the car that has a certain taste or something, I'm always like, no, you ox. Right. Like, I want to hear what you have to play. Totally. It's, it's, it's more enjoyable to have that. And like you said, to be able to like talk about it after a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And like, and as the song's happening, you know, like, you know, listening to music with DJs is way different than listening to music with, regular people or playing (laughs) music for regular people who aren't DJs and don't think like a DJ. So like listening to those songs, like getting amped up and like talking, Oh my God, dude, this fucking breakdown, like, Holy shit. Like, why would they triple it that? Like, holy, you know, that, that just getting jacked, DJ jacked, right? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of triplets, so it sounds like Matt made uh, a realization while on this tour he, he that de- he dances in triplets. He definitely does. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? I mean, if if you ever watch, like, every DJ has, like, their own, like, weird shuffle and, like, their own, like, weird dance. Everybody. They yeah. Have every, every DJ in the world. They yeah. have their own individual style the way they dance behind the decks matt just bounces in threes always like (laughs) he's like he's like always just like it's like a fucking have like a hardcore songs going always jordan bounces between playing the air piano and (laughs) and jesus saved me oh dude i love it this or (laughs) there's lots of different good parts to it yeah Yeah, matthews is crazy because it's like He's bouncing, but it like doesn't feel like he's to the beat, but he's right. perfectly on the beat. And you're Absolutely, like, what? yeah. How's he still going? It's like he doesn't tap his toe; he just uses his whole body. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like some DJs, like uh, when I was watching Will Clark, like he goes oh, like opposite of me, like yeah. watching his knee bounce mm-hmm. is like you know to me like a kick would be like, all right, I'm dropping my heel to the ground. Like yeah. you're tap, tap, tap. And his is opposite. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, we, we played with Will Clark. That was the last show in Portland nice. Um, nice. of the tour. We played with him. And yeah, you're right. He has, he has like the weirdest, he's like, he yeah, his toe tap is like offbeat. So like every, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me either, but we, I definitely noticed that random story we were at dirty bird. And it was so funny. Like we both love Will Clark. He's an amazing human he being. Really is. And we're up on stage at dirty bird camp out, which you were at too. Yeah. And we're like standing there and they go, all right, we're clearing the crowd. And they like clear the whole crowd. And we're like, what? Like, all right. So like everyone that's in the back kind of area, like dancing, they just like pull them all back. And then they just open up one side and they come in with this giant table, which is the same as the table that they would put all the decks on. And so it's huge. I mean, the thing's got to be like, I don't know, 
10 feet wide sure. by like i don't know three feet or something mm-hmm. and like three dudes are lifting it up onto the t- t- table and they just set it down in front of the dj booth so that will clark has something to step up on no <laughs> so way it's like giant step stool basically oh my that's, god it, it's like the whole size of the table for him to be up on so that he's high enough to be able to see the crowd <laughs> yeah and we that's spent amazing most of that set watching his feet just watching yeah. him tap back and forth. Yeah, he's, his, dances, his dance is Non-stop. really good. I really like Will Clark's dance. Me yeah. too. He's good. Energetic yeah. too. I Absolutely. Like <laughs> DJ Gets dances it. are fun to watch. Definitely. Especially as a DJ. I mean, right. like you said, once you start to like realize that everyone has one and you're like, oh, what's this person's? Yeah. Oh, I see that. We should yeah. start an Instagram or something, right? And like, arms are fun. a lot more about DJ whatever feet. he's doing with his arms or his face. Like he'll get this, like this frown going, like this deep frown when he really likes it's nasty song. <laughs> right. and i'm like god that's like the deepest frown ever it's like <laughs> i don't even know how he does it but yeah it's good times mm. that would be kind of fun to do some sort of like an instagram story to which, like record what's your what people DJ, do what, what do you do oh man i have so many like they all the mind at large guys make fun of me all the time your ticks. yeah <laughs> like they they have one they call serving the pizza it's just, <laughs> you know <laughs> I like chunk the hand like yeah. I wish there was a camera so everyone could see that, but you you get the, you, you get the picture, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. serving a pizza. Um, but like a server holding a platter. Yeah, yeah. I have so many though. I'd we there's not enough time in the podcast. I wish I could do. When I was watching Frida the other day, she was doing something, and I was like, "That's so her," but I can't even recreate what it was. It was some sort of a hand. Yeah, thing, we all have but, something, and yeah. I love to steal the Claude von Stroke sometimes, where he just like chunks left and right, mm-hmm. just like left shoulder drop, right shoulder drop, yep. and he's just like swaying to the music. Yeah, that's always fun, and it depends on the song that's playing too. Yeah. Like that's oh, yeah, that's totally. the big thing. Like she mentioned, like a lot of like air piano. Like yeah, I mean if it's got a sick chord progression, I yeah. love to like play the chord progression out. Definitely, but if it's something nasty, right? <laughs> well, and I mean that's kind of like a big part of being a dj right like sure Mm -hmm. obviously it's about music but it's also crowd control you know like Mm -hmm. you you are like the conductor of the crowd if my big thing is like all there's there's two djs there's either a really really skilled musical dj that will just floor you with what they're doing musically or there's the crowd conductor right so my big thing is watching someone that's playing like party jam music but not moving at all on stage it's like dude mm-hmm. do if you don't want to dance to your music why would we yeah. yeah you know so it's i feel like that's a big part you know it, you you bring you bring energy on stage and the crowd reciprocates right like they they they're gonna do what you're doing like if you're not having a good time they're not gonna have a when good you gotta time. look up you gotta yeah, look totally. up you gotta see who's in front of you you Definitely. gotta take a second to connect when DJs who will not be named in this area are just staring at the deck the whole time and in their little bubble. Like it depends obviously on what style of music it is, but for the most part, I'm like, boring. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bored by you right now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. I'm picky though, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is everyone's picky in some way or another. You've got the purists that are like, no, you need to have a fire track selection and you need to control the entire vibe of the crowd just through your music. And it doesn't matter if you look up, you are a conductor behind the scenes. And there's other people where it's like, I want to get up there and party. Right. That's part of why I'm a DJ. Exactly. I mean, because like if I'm out at a show, I'm dancing hard out in the crowd anyway. And I just get to like 
share that energy right. so when i dj i get to share it from like on stage totally <laughs> I that's mean, what was so weird for you at pitch black yeah because it was behind oh yeah you or no the not sheet, pitch right? black no signal uh no signal yeah yeah he was behind the sheet yeah that and was, was a like, sick setup though. it was cool but it was it was weird for him because he just this last year he's been working on interacting more and mm-hmm. being more of a performer yeah totally. and then he was like wait i can't see them i can't tell if they so like then I'm anything like gigging i don't know behind the sheet right <laughs> like, no one in the crowd knows i'm gigging but i'm just fucking getting it <laughs> i love it i'm down yeah um that's got to be really tough i never really thought about playing without being able to gauge your crowd like you can't see if they like the song like if like you know you bring in that heater and you should go off like you should see hands in the air but you can't see anybody that would be a little bit weird yeah it was really interesting because we had uh jason Wu and they mm-hmm. jason and virginia were the last episode of our uh last season um you'll be one of the first ones of the new season when oh, it comes sick. out we're trying to backlog a few episodes because sure. there's there's people have schedules people end up not being able to make it last second and whatnot right. but uh jason was kind of the one like he didn't have the idea but he like he was the one who like implemented the whole idea and set it up i think um, it was his idea well, I mean, other people have done it. But other yeah. people have done it gotcha. before. And like, that's what Sean was making a post about. Mm-hmm. That, like, you know, you're not the first person to do this. But so like, Wu kind of had the idea and like implemented it. And so it was really cool talking to him about it. And he was like, the whole idea behind it was that like, you spend so much time doing that, being worried about is the crowd gigging to this song. Right. It's like, instead, just play what you want. Play what you think is nasty. And then people will love it right and i mean it kind of fits the theme right like yeah it like be in the moment like disconnect yeah. Leave, yeah. leave that phone at home like don't yep yeah you don't need to relive this like live it now <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. don't snap it to your friends they exactly. don't care about exactly. this super loud song that they can't really hear yeah. off their iphone right. speakers <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> Sorry. sound like shit when you send it to them yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. So, I, I support that so much. Like I, I love, I love the no signal theme. I love those parties. Like I've helped with quite a few of them, and yeah, I, I love it. I love the, the general idea. It's, it's honestly, we need to like kind of, it. Something needed to happen. We needed to get back to our roots of actually enjoying music and not mm-hmm. just being there and proving that you're there. Yeah, it felt like a. What they've started to do with it, I mean, they're still having some growing pains, in mm-hmm. our opinion. We don't have to delve too deep into that. But uh, it, it felt like a combination of the uh, Lane 8, uh, This Never Happened to Yeah. Because her. her and I are huge Lane 8 fans. That mm-hmm. show was, what, two and a half years ago? And you walk ago? in and they, like, amazing. cover each phone with tape. Yep. Uh, and then, like, people in the crowd were pretty serious about it, like, trying to make sure, you know, don't take video. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that was really cool. Similar idea of no phones. And then also, it like, once APOG did the kind of, like, friends only thing. Yeah. It's like, no signal feels like kind of like a cool combination of those two. Sure. It's yeah. like... Uh, I mean, it's, it's for more or less a private party. You know, mm-hmm. it's like... It, not a very it's not a well massive advertised party you know like you have to know somebody to get in and it's it's really like bringing it back to the underground you know it's what it's what music used to be it's when when i started listening to electronic music not even before i even started listening to electronic music just when i learned it existed it was so hard to find like you you had to know where to go and like you'd find these crizzled ass wooks that have this <laughs> nasty speaker system that they set up in the woods and yeah just any dj out there just flexing on it you know and 
Yeah. Um, so let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay. And you just turned 30. I, j- I turned 30 in September. Yeah. Okay. What's your birthday? Sep- What's your sign? September 27th. I'm a Libra oh, single. Hey. We like Libras. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. I'm about to have my dirty 30 myself. Are you? Yeah. yeah February 1st. Weeks. Ooh. Yeah. It should be some right fun times. Corner. Yeah. You got big plans? No. No. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's not even that big of a deal. It's, yeah. 30, it's 30, right? 2019, we're trying to like be on like a bit of a health kick and sure. like be a little more responsible and like not go out quite as much and like be more selective about what we go out to. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm turning 30. Like, right. We gotta do something. I mean, That's even more the reason yeah. though. 30's like your grown up years. I know. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because you mentioned that you uh, played in a band back in the day mm-hmm. um so let's get a little bit of more of the story of jade okay so what well, we've got uh 1988 yep september 88. what do you say 27th 27th yeah. 27th all right jade raid's born yeah boom <laughs> where change uh, i was born in a little town in eastern washington called goldendale um pl- the place is awful i don't recommend where, going where is that it's like on the columbia gorge like dead oh, center yeah, yeah. in the state okay. um if you're if you're driving like did you guys ever go to what the festival yeah yeah it's like basically across the river from what the festival oh wow yeah. okay mm-hmm. uh, now that was a great festival that oh man rest in, peace. rest in peace oh my so god i miss sad. it so much yeah yeah that was that was an insane one it's interesting how many guests we've had on this year this calendar year uh that all come from really small towns. Yeah, I find that really fascinating. Yeah, that's. I wonder. I wonder what the. There's what some the, correlation. Yeah, going there on. has yeah. to be. Yeah, all the cool kids come from tiny towns. I yeah. guess so. Or we were just dying to get out. <laughs> get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah, we become those kids that go rave and need really loud, crazy music and stimulation all right. the time yeah. because we just had nothing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we just. Grew, I grew up without cable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's wild horses running around and shit. <laughs> <laughs> do you have siblings? You have parents? I do. I don't know. You might be like no, I'm a Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, Potter. yeah, I have a I have a family. They, uh, I have three older sisters and uh, an adopted younger brother. And uh, my mom and dad, they're pretty rad people. They. Uh, they lived on a school bus when I was conceived. Oh, <laughs> so I was, uh, I was, I was baked in a school bus as a baby. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then they settled down and, you know, my dad got a weird house. He was a carpenter and he got a weird house in this little town called Goldendale. And so he was Jesus. He was basically Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Basically Jesus. Does your dad have long hair and, <laughs> and facial hair like he, you? He did, yeah. And okay. He does frequently, yeah. <laughs> so do you do you feel like you take after your dad? Probably, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Your, your dad when he was 30. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Same same person, I'm sure. Nice. Yeah. People my, like or my parents' friends, they they always yeah, they always remind me that I'm the spitting image of my dad. <laughs> and you're his only son, huh? I am, yeah. Interesting. Yep. And do you think he sees that similarity? Probably, yeah. yeah. Do you notice if he's like... <laughs> Does he yeah, admit it? Yeah. <laughs> well, is he like, yeah, that's my boy? Or is he like, oh, man, I've been there. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. Who's this look I raised? Yeah, yeah. Right. He's a He's a real free spirit. He, nice. Yeah, they they both are. Like, there's, it's Growing up was a breeze, dude. They, like... They're like the least judgmental people ever. They supported everything. Nice. Like we, me and my sisters had it pretty easy. I hope that's what my kids say when they're thirty. 
I feel like that's probably that's kind of how I've been doing things with them, and I feel like that's what they'll say at thirty. But who knows? They might be in a lot of therapy and be like, "Mom, fuck me up." My, <laughs> well, mom, I mean, was, my mom was too free spirited. <laughs> I mean, I'm still fucked up. We're yeah. all fucked right? up, but like you know, at, at least like we had our freedoms, and yeah. I didn't feel like I was like imprisoned as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's like my big thing. If I'm ever a parent, which let's be real, <laughs> time's running out for me, but. <laughs> Um, you, you got time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I'm ever a parent, I, I want to like, you know, I want to follow that, that like philosophy of personal freedoms and make sure that people know that they're my, my people and they're able to be their own person mm-hmm. and I'll support them in whatever they do. You know, it's kind of so kinda, crucial. Yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> it's huge like you you don't want to raise another generation of just like sheep you know you can't can't confine to every social construct you know you have to like you have to let let people be people yeah i feel like a picture that i was just looking at this morning on my i was you know how you like your phone's like running out of space and so i was going through and deleting a bunch of stuff but i ran across <clears throat> this quote on here that i love oh no my voice is going away <laughs> random assistant yesterday. <laughs> hold on pull that up on the big tv screen so yeah. everyone can see it yeah oh, it wait. says <laughs> it's a jim it's a jim carrey quote actually it says depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of being the character that you're trying to play oh damn that means you repeat so that? much to me. Depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of being the character that you're trying to play. And I think so much of that comes from parenting. Oh, absolutely. If parents are trying to uh, recreate what they didn't accomplish in their life through you, or if they're um, swayed by other people's judgments or what society says a grown-up or a child is supposed to look like, and then they try to put you into this mold. But if if you're given this ultimate freedom as a child to love who or whatever you want and to be whatever you want to be, I feel like, yeah, some people just chemically are prone to depression, but I think a lot of depression comes from us trying to be something that we're not. Absolutely. I agree. And I mean, I, I suffer from depression. Like, and I'm probably one of the most open people about it because we really need to cut this machismo bullshit out and Mm -hmm. let dudes fucking cry. Let people feel something for once, dude. Like we, it, uh, it's, it kills me to know that I have so many friends that are suffering that are afraid to talk about it. It's, there's nothing, obviously there's something wrong with you. There's nothing weird about it though. Like everybody's fucked up, dude. Like Mm -hmm. the, the faster we admit it, the faster you can heal from it. You know, if, if everybody knows that it's okay to not be okay, and that everybody's going through that shit with you, it's going to make it a lot easier. You're not going to feel so fucking alone. You're, you're not going to feel so isolated and singled out. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of what depression is, is feeling like you don't have a group of people that are there for you. Exactly. You. And so if you're not willing to be open with people, then people can't be there for right. you. Right. And I know that yeah. there are some forms of depression, like e- even even as active as I am, promoting being open about it sometimes i can't even talk about it you know sometimes Mm -hmm. it hits me hard and i can't leave my fucking bed for a week you know order pizza just so i don't have to see the rest of the world you know also i love pizza so (laughs) (laughs) serving pizza on a platter yeah exactly serving up the pizza but uh yeah it's um you know it it's it's important it's important to me that 
before my time's up, I know that I made a difference in the people around me's life and kind of use my struggle as an example. Like, make, like I, as you guys have seen, I'm sure, like, I've, I'll post openly about depression and kind of, like, share my story just to kind of motivate other mm-hmm. people to be more open about it. And it's it's probably... It's probably I'm probably never gonna make the dent that I want to make, but as as long as I know that I've made a difference, as long as I know that somebody out there heard me and it it helped them in any way, then my mission's accomplished. Just reminding people that they're not alone. Absolutely, I, I think that part of the challenge. It's so layered, but part of the challenge is women are made fun of for being overly dramatic and overly emotional. And so then a guy sees that and is like, well, I don't want to be thought of as that way. So then they have to toughen up even more. And then I don't know about your guys' generation, but mine was definitely raised with boys can't cry. Don't cry. Don't be a pussy. Like um, pull your shit together. And it's really sad to me that they aren't allowed that. Um, cause crying doesn't have to be a bad thing. It could even be a good thing. Just being emotional about anything, about yeah. a high or a low. Um, but then you add in the climate that we're all in, in the music scene. And I think it's extra challenging because Absolutely. you're dealing with, um, substances and weird circadian rhythms where people aren't sleeping when, the world is supposed to be right. operating in that way until so your body clock kind of gets off. And a lot of people also in the scene um, aren't very physically active. They're not necessarily exercising regularly or eating well. You know, they're having late night pizza. And yeah, they might be dancing at 2 a.m. But like, I don't know. It's just, it's a tricky thing to find that balance within your body. It really is. And um, yeah, we see it a lot. Well, I mean, and coming off of tour right now, yeah. I think I got like, fuck, maybe like 17 hours total of sleep in the last like two weeks. And I'll then, and then, you know, I ended tour and then went straight into New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I played at Cremework from 12 to 1 on New Year's Eve. So I got like the ball drop. And, nice. <laughs> and then we played at the Breakfast Club at Monkey Loft from 530 to 830 as a large crew set. Both were phenomenal shows, but after that, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to stay for Egyptian Lover. I've waited for this dude, like, (laughs) waited to see this dude forever. And then, like, 11 o'clock hit, and I was like, what am I doing awake right now? (laughs) And I I went home, and I slept for, like, 36 hours. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that's probably not healthy, right? Like, I can, like, feel feel my mental health deteriorating when I do that. And I I know that sometimes it's unnecessary, but this, this was all, like, you know it's it's all like self-inflicted and you know you have to understand what the consequences are going into it but do you listen to the joe rogan podcast at all oh dude i don't but i've heard i've heard a couple there was a sleep specialist on there and that guy changed my life like really? i've been pretty <laughs> lax about the whole like it changed oh. your life but it'll scare the shit out of you yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it really rocked my world because i've been pretty slack about the whole oh well if we're gonna stay up super late or all night on this night we'll just make up for it on the other day mm. yeah it doesn't work that way really <laughs> no okay <laughs> and so listening to this i was like holy shit like sleep is so important like if you don't get adequate sleep every night you have to look at every night as a brand new thing it doesn't it's not cumulative so every day if you don't get enough sleep it is 
what is it worse for your health than smoking I'm, and drinking and like all of those things combined i mean i do all of those things yeah. so <laughs> true <laughs> I, I get where we're going with this yeah. but uh i feel yeah sleep sleep is a scary thing that not enough of us get for well, sure but. it's it's tying it back to the depression aspect well, so, that's, so to me it's all like sure. that like your mm-hmm. mental health if you're not sleeping you start to get a little delirious about what is real and what is happy and what is sad and things, absolutely things get really blurry right and i mean that that can like kind of tie into like self-care right so if you're not taking if you're not drinking enough water if you're not like you said eating correctly if you're not doing something to actually like make sure that you're okay if you don't practice any self-care on top of not sleeping, it's you're just asking for trouble. And that's yeah. unfortunately what's happening with a lot of the people in our scene, myself included. It, it, it happens, you know? And yeah, sometimes you just have to like take a reset. Like I've, I've pulled back from, <laughs> I pulled back from the scene so much and I'm, I'm honestly planning on staying out for the most part for a little while. Like, I'm not going to be accepting like a whole lot of new bookings. Like obviously the big ones that come through. Yeah. But it's not like I'm trying to fill my schedule right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to like, especially after like ending, ending, ending 2018, the way I did coming off tour and playing two huge shows. Like it, I, I'm just burnt out. It's, you know, there's, there's some gas left in the tank, but not much. So what were you into growing up? So when you lived in Eastern Washington, this little town, like what made you excited before all this music stuff happened and the big city life happened? Like what, what got you? So I used to downhill skateboard mm-hmm. and snowboarding. That was like, that was like my big thing. Uh, we lived, there's a hill that they, it's called Mary Hill loops and it's like a really old road and they don't let cars drive on it. It's only for skateboarding now. It's like the old highway. And, and we're talking like downhill, downhill, like yeah, steep. That yeah. sounds so fucking scary. It's, pr- it's pretty scary, but yeah, it, it's fun. Like, t- like 50, 60 mile an hour top speeds. Was it longboards? Or yeah, like, longboards. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Corbin scary. used to do all that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I can't imagine well, Corbin doing anything before other than- he decided to just smoke dabs all day. <laughs> all day, every day. Oh, 420, all bro. Yeah. And, and gain a lot of weight. Because I but, yeah. find it scary to be on a skateboard or a longboard on a flat surface. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's I all, it's, it's not really for, it's scary. definitely not for everybody. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're either, you're, you're either good at it or you're not like the, you'll find out really fast too. yeah and you gotta have the ability to not freak out yeah. right so it's like you have to stay calm and collected because mm-hmm. if you freak out you will eat shit yep. yeah yeah everything has to fun. be like you have to move very methodically and yeah so now that you're in your well. in your 30s yeah. are you gonna get back into those things or probably not yeah. i still <laughs> snowboard i still okay. snowboard and stuff I, I took last season off because i broke my arm um so I broke my arm snowboarding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't heal like I'm in my 20s anymore. So, yeah. you know, I, I've i definitely like pulled back from that a lot too. So um, I still snowboard though. Like that's something I'll take into my old age with me. We I've been doing that since I was like eight or nine. Nice. So I could picture that. Yeah. Hair I, blowing in the wind. Right. <laughs> well, so that's where I wanted to step back a little bit, not to get bogged down in depression, but like... Uh, wondering around like what year depression kind of started for you was it at a really young age or did it feel like it kind of 
came with the onset of responsibilities? I think it's always been there. I don't think it's something that came to me. I think, I think I've always suffered from depression, just never realized that, you know, that's what it was. I thought I was just an asshole kid or something. And yeah, I don't know. I guess I was like diagnosed in 2010. Yeah. I, I like 2010, somewhere around there. Um, I was diagnosed with manic bipolar two and, uh, like heavily medicated for it. And it worked out like uh, the medication is probably the best thing that I've ever done. And I recommend it to everybody. Even if you think your problems are small, go fucking talk to somebody about it. Maybe not medication may not be the right route, but just fucking talk to a professional. Like it helps so much. They're, They're there for a reason. What did they have you on? I was on like a low dose of lithium and um, I, I, I don't remember all the rest of the medications. I haven't, I haven't been medicated for a while and um, it's, it's scary, but I've like, I've learned my, I've learned my patterns and I know like when shit's about to get real and like when I need to like pull off and like practice self-care and take care of my brain before I take care of other people and get like I sometimes I just have to like lose all my obligations and just kind of hit the reset button you know just yeah the reason I ask is because I was how old I was a sophomore in high school, I think, mm-hmm. and we went to this like camp. I went to a private school, which I'm sure was part of it, but we went to this like camp thing where one of the main pieces of it was that like it's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like at a really young age, I was introduced to this idea that like it was okay when like I was always that super emotional kid that was like always really quick to cry and really quick to like freak out about shit. And then it was like I had acceptance to do it. And I feel like that really made a big shift in who I became was in those formative 15 to 16 year old years that it was like, no, you can cry and it's good to cry. It actually feels really good. It can yeah. make things better. Um, so I feel like that was a huge shift for me in kind of the depression world. And I wonder if that, um, if that timing is significant for more individuals than just myself, or if it's like you said, something that's just kind of, always there yeah i that's 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 interesting to think about um i'm sure i'm sure that like the earlier that you're i I mean you learn so much when you're in your like adolescent years you know that's you're you're a fucking sponge you're that's literally what you're there for is to learn everything right i mean that's what we're here for right now that's that's (laughs) what that's what life is right yeah but so much so in your adolescent years so i think like if you know we do catch it early and let people let the children know that if you feel a certain way you can say you feel that way you can you you should say that you feel that way and letting feelings out instead of harboring feelings might help mm-hmm. it, it might it might help with like our <clears throat> a lot of depression a lot of depression is to me, I feel like a lot of depression, like mine, mine, mine's in, in it, it's hereditary. Mine's, mm-hmm. mine's never going away. It's, yeah. there, there, there's no therapy. There's nothing that's going to make it go away. It's always going to be there. And I just need to learn how to manage it. So maybe instead of focusing on 
making sure everyone's healed and medicated and okay, maybe instead of that, it's teach them how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So they don't feel like something is terribly fucking wrong with them when they have an anxiety attack or when someone has like an episode of PTSD or something, teach people how to manage that shit instead of making it a scary taboo thing like it, yes it is scary and but it happens to a lot of fucking people and well, i think that's the other big thing is making it known to people who don't deal with those things mm. that that is a normal thing right because like we have a 16 year old or he's not even jackson's not even 16 yet he's 15 so he's like right at that formative Same. age and mm -hmm. he went from this like super emotional child much like myself to then trying to be the cool kid all the time right and it's like when he's at home he's got full reign to you know cry and be emotional and like be the kid he wants to be but you can see this like pull from like other kids that he feels like he should be a certain way and so it's almost like there needs to be an education that extends beyond like you said trying to fix the people who society may claim are broken in some way or another right. and instead try to make sure everyone is educated about the fact that those people aren't broken but that they need a little acceptance from other people totally. and everything's fine They're absolutely just wired differently i that we were talking about this the other day i don't know how much i really believe in fixing people <laughs> i think that we all are just wired differently and just because i mean Okay, so actually, I have a question. So, before you were diagnosed, um, did were there signs? Like, did you have any um, erratic behavior, or were you doing reckless things? I know that sometimes that comes with it. Where downhill then, skateboarding, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, or, or breaking the law, or like yeah. other yeah, things. Yeah, that I mean, maybe I mean, later, all those things. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, yeah. Before I was diagnosed, before I even wanted to acknowledge that I had a problem. Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of at, at will of whatever, you know, there was, I, I didn't really respect myself. I didn't, um, I didn't really care what mm -hmm. happened. So I just kind of went with whatever impulse. Yeah. Whatever impulses happened. And then, then I would like come out of a, a, my manic state and be like, what the fuck am I? Why did yeah. I do all of that shit? Yeah. Like I, and some of it, I don't even remember doing right. It's like a whole different fucking person, like a whole different part of my brain just took over. We're and dealing, it's like, Jesus. we're dealing with that on a personal basis. We'll talk about it off air, but it's interesting because being in the parental role of younger people and watching this go on at first, your brain is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you making these idiotic choices? And then they go on the meds and then they even look back and go, what the fuck did right. I do? Like they literally can't even comprehend that. And that's where my heart just breaks. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, like I can't, I can't be mad at you. Like you literally are at the whim of <clears throat> this chemical emotional roller coaster and um like i think innately everyone i think innately everyone is a good person deep Absolutely. down and that everybody has ultimate potential to be and do amazing things no matter where you were born or what your iq level is i think everyone can be like these amazing beings it's just that we try to put everybody into the same mold and mm -hmm. not ev not everyone needs to be there right and that, so, that kind of goes back to me saying like be an individual it's yeah. okay to be a person and have a personality and be different and do different things i've always been a fucking weirdo and like i love it like 
I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change a thing. I, yeah, sometimes life sucks, but you get over it. You, you figure it out, you work through it. And yeah, I don't need to be accepted by some people. I, I'm doing just fucking fine by, with the people that do accept me. If you don't accept me, that's your fault. You know, it's Mm -hmm. be, be an individual though. Like have, have a personality, have, have emotions, have, have a weird tick, have. Yeah. And be okay with using prescription medication to get you to homeostasis, get you to this level point. And then from there, should you choose to go on without the medication, then, then you're managing it on your own, but you're not necessarily trying to fix what was wrong because probably your manic moments have been masterpieces at times i'm sure yeah where you've gleaned a lot of wisdom from it or creativity and then sometimes maybe your lows are necessary too like i don't don't know i think uh i think you're right i I think think it's it's, i think it's all like one it's like all of these things are adding up to something right Mm -hmm. like yeah sometimes they fucking suck but it's part of that journey and it's it it without Without feeling shitty, you wouldn't know what it was like to feel good, right? Mm-hmm. So when something just sucks and it feels like you're going to fucking die, that's just there to remind you that there is something good to feel. They, mm-hmm. And it'll it'll happen eventually and you can't just give up, right? Like feeling Feeling low is necessary. I don't wish it on anybody, but it is necessary. And everybody everybody does it. Everybody goes through it, so... Well, yeah. and it equips you to be a teacher. It equips you to be in the space to talk about it on air that other people might hear your story mm-hmm. or what you've gone through. And then next time they see you in a club, they might say, hey, I heard that. And that means a lot to me. And I'm going through something similar. And and you having gone through this perfect life of never having any depression or never having any challenges, like how much do we really have to offer the world? Right as far as community and connection and and compassion towards others if we live this like perfect life right i feel like that's a lot of why people end up in the music scene is i mean i swear i always relate this to a cascade quote and i don't 100 percent know if it's a quote from him but like there's something that along along the lines of like uh the dance music world was for the misfits oh absolutely it was the place where people who didn't feel like they belonged could fit into a place where people weren't judgmental. Right. It was an open, loving place. Yeah. And I think that's definitely very true. There is. Absolutely. The majority of people that we surround ourselves with in the day-to-day music scene are definitely, like you said, more the weirdos. Right. The people that are eclectic about what they like. It's, it's, the music scene brings people together that would, that you would never assume would see each other on any other basis. Right. Like, walking down the street, probably not going to strike up a conversation with some of the people that you see in the club together that, and yeah, the music, mm-hmm. electronic music in general has brought some of the weirdest fucking people into my life, but also let me show how weird I am and like be kind of like break into my own and like kind of let me express everything that I want to express and, I, I I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, and I found I didn't, you know, get into a band myself specifically. Um, wait, so what did you do in the band? I played I played guitar. Okay, cool. 
Uh, that was that was one of the things that I tried to do back in the day myself. But I feel like there's something about like rock music or whatever subgenre in that idea that is this like I don't know cathartic emotional just like release of getting to like just rage rage in your own <laughs> way. Um, and I feel like a, a lot of that is a precursor to the dance music world. The amount of people that I know that were scene kids or punk kids or you know, death metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's always funny seeing a bunch of like 16 year old white kids, like going ape shit, just right. death metal. Oh, totally. <laughs> and then, you know, in like five years, they're going to be listening to electronic music. Right. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Were you a gamer at all? Do you play video games? No. So he's the first one. You're the first one that we've had. The first DJ slash producer slash music person we've had on here that has come from more of like the punk like playing instruments background everyone else is gamer really gamer 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 gamer, That's gamer. Interesting. all of them hmm. i think I like just that. like you're you're our, you're a little I'm, anomaly I'm, here yeah. we are breaking i'm sure the there's more of you <laughs> but now i'm curious to find more of them because i'm sure there's more yeah i'm sure yeah I, most of them are still gamers yeah but yeah yeah i just never had time for games you know mm-hmm. i was always busy with fucking skateboards and music <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah my grandpa my grandpa played guitar um my grandpa was like a pretty well-known like singer-songwriter um he wrote for like a bunch of like what, what he would call jazz but it <laughs> let's be real it was fucking country music um but yeah he wrote for, like funny that he would call I, it he's, jazz. He's a, he was such a fucking weird guy um but yeah he uh he was a really good guitar player and he at a young age basically forced me to play guitar which i thank him for now but yeah. i kind of hated him for it at first i wanted i wanted to play the drums and he was like no fuck that like that's not happening. That was the other one I was gonna say. I could see you playing drums. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm fucking awful at playing drums. Like that's like the only <laughs> so instrument. So he did you a favor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it would have been cool to like learn and yeah. acquire that skill and like get the rudimental values and be able to you know separate my senses. So in, I, in middle school, they make you do this test or like elementary school where you like play a few different instruments and. Uh, musician i guess decides which one you would be best at and i really wanted to play drums and i was so all about drums and i got put on trombone yeah fuck, <laughs> fuck that right so i played trombone for like two and a half three years and i wow. remember my friend alexa was always on the drums and i was like god damn it yeah I they, play the drums yeah at least you didn't get stuck with like the fucking flute or yeah. cla- clarinet or something right trombone's <laughs> at least carried like around this big. giant yeah. weird yeah. thing that's instrument just, you have to jerk off to make yeah noise, pretty like. much so yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty fucking weird. <laughs> it wasn't that great. I promise uh, you that. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I'm so do you think that, because I know you've produced a bit yourself. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. do you think that has definitely helped you is knowing kind of music theory? It has. Yeah. Like it's, it, it definitely isn't, it's not the most important part of producing. You don't really need to understand music theory totally. And I've, I've lost a lot of what I've learned like I, over the years, you know, because I, I don't know it's been like what it was like 13 14 the last time i took a fucking music lesson or yeah. read, read in any music at <laughs> <Right>? all <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i still like I, I can still like play piano and shit and that that carried over so much into the producing world because yeah. knowing knowing like all of the fun like all the fundamentals of piano obviously translates because as i look over at your studio every, <laughs> everything has a keyboard attached yeah. to it mm-hmm. right like that is that's everything so 
that 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 carried over really well and i'd like to i'd like to maybe incorporate guitar in some stuff i still play guitar but it's just my 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 style of music i don't think i just can't find a fit for it you know and make something that's not your style that's true I could do that. You have an alter ego. That is true. Many, actually. <laughs> <laughs> do you sing at all? Um, no. Can you can you imagine that? Kind of. Really? Uh, yeah, like a raspy smoker voice. I mean, like I used to like. You fucking, don't have to look. Have used, sound like Mariah Carey. I used to like scream in bands, like yeah. scream into microphones, backup. But yeah, I feel, no. I feel like you could uh, make some sick. We'll call it just Dirty Bird style samples Agreed. with your Agreed. voice of saying some weird yeah. shit. Oh yeah, we yeah. we've talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we the Mind at Large crew has definitely talked about that. Well, if the Mind at Large crew needs some microphones to come in and uh, come record, record some shit, let oh, me know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's funny like uh, hanging out with the hanging out with like Adrian A Fox and Jake McGeorge on that tour. They those guys produce their asses off. They they make so much music. Um, I I have been very lazy lately and not making music, just DJing. But uh, listening to those guys and their creative process and how they like come up with their vocal samples, they'll just record them themselves. Like yeah. they'll say something stupid and think it's hilarious and then record it and then put it into one of their songs. It's like, dude, this is fucking genius. Like, yeah. you're not you're not out here fucking scouring splice and like <laughs> ooh bedroom producers blog.com here give me that vocal sample that everyone's used yeah um, i love it though like some of the stupidest shit would come up that's just hilarious and like they have a new track that's i don't know when that's coming out but i've been playing the shit out of it and it is hilarious nice. but yeah it's it's all it's all jake's voice and it cracks me the fuck up it's perfect. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's 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 bad. It's it's really cool to like see people's creative process outside of your own. Like, yeah, it's it's always a, it's always a fun. What fun is your in. creative process, man? Is there one? There, is there, there a method to the madness. It's so random. Like honestly, I have like random like spurts of uh, inspiration where I'll go. I like I'm currently like I don't know over a year. I haven't even opened Ableton. Like I haven't produced anything, but some you know when it when it's hot it's like i'll wake up and it's just like oh my god this is like a fantastic idea here we go like i'll wake up motivated but it's hard for me to like put myself there like okay mm -hmm. now it's time to produce like no like yeah it has to like come to me it's six o'clock right gotta go produce now yeah exactly i know i'm the same feels like a job at that point and yeah. that's not what i'm fucking here for Mm -hmm. I'm here to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do for your job? Do you have like a nine to five? I do. Yeah. Um, so my nine to five, I work at a, uh, auto glass company. I, I man, like kind of oversee a sales team and also sell things. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's just the nine to five grind. I also like, I, I have so many side gigs. Like I, uh, sell stickers for a vinyl shop. I, um, I actually have quit a lot of my side hustles now. Music's been so fulfilling and taking up so much of my time that it's kind of hard to do any other side hustles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got a lot going on in the scene right oh, now. Oh, totally. And that's that's kind of why I had to pump the brakes a little bit yeah. and now, back off. How old is Mind at Large? Mind at Large is five. 
Wow. Five years. Yeah, we're about to have our five-year anniversary. Nice. And so have you been throwing shows that whole time? Yeah, so it started as like an art collective. We we would make like festival art installations and had to call it something. And there was just a bunch of us and like Will Hyde and I DJed already. And we had Scotty Moe who DJed with me in Meaty Beats. And uh, yeah, we we were all doing the same shows all the time and it i i don't know at what point we we decided to label it mind at large but yeah it's we we've been doing that for um yeah we've been doing that for 5 years now so um nice. yeah it's it's been fun it's been really fun just this last year has been huge for us we we had so many opportunities. We we were able to like bring on our like resident DJs. We we have like nine DJs under us now. So yeah, it's it's really great. Um, it's cool that I can kind of take some of the energy that I've put into the scene and give back to some people that may not have that opportunity. So um, and you know I kind of like pave the way, so to say. Like I I now all the guys that play under me they don't have to work so hard and go through all of the motions to build themselves up in the scene they have somebody that can kind of give them the plug right like mm -hmm. uh, i can't i can't play every show that i get offered right so it's nice to like get the offer and be like thank you but i think you should get my dude over here to play and yeah it's kind of nice to like give those opportunities and help help a new DJ in the scene or someone that may not gain that recognition. It's, it's, it's fulfilling. It's really yeah. nice. Where do you want to go with all of that? With the mind at large crew? Do you, how do you see it growing or changing or evolving? You know, it's kind of just a self evolving beast. Like everything is just kind of like falling into place with it. It, we haven't really like, I don't, th I, I don't really have like a mission statement for it. I don't, I just want to, you know, I just want to, play good tunes to great people and mm -hmm. fun parties you know so have you ever thought about doing like a record label yeah i i have but that's so much fucking work and i've i'm already like stretched thin on everything yeah. that i do like it's i at some point maybe at some point it might work honestly like i would i would much rather just be kind of a behind the scenes curator instead of trying to manage sales of a track and release dates and try try to like that just well, so sounds you, like a game that i don't want to play yeah you already said you kind of like manage a, a sales team in right. general so right. you have some of the experience to do that and whatnot um i don't know, just spitballing but like you know you kind of create a team and i think it's still feasible to have someone else who's in charge of that kind of stuff and then you're still able to kind of like curate selectively what music gets released on the label yeah totally i, I mean that maybe someday that happens yeah. but yeah i'm I, I don't think i'm ready to like push for it or anything mm -hmm. yeah but we are growing and you know there, we have to make moves somewhere it's uh, the without growth you grow stagnant right mm -hmm. so you got to keep moving so yeah maybe that's the next step who knows well and it could give more so like right now yeah. you're happy and content giving opportunities in 
for them to play shows. Mm-hmm. But as as the people under you start to create their own music, then it would be great if you could be the curator for a label and then you're hiring other people to do what they're good at, which is dealing with you know, the sales are dealing with the marketing aspect and you're more about the talent and being like the dad that's <laughs> like, all right, come on, son, yeah. like, let's do this. Get in the van, kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's cool. I kind of think of of Claude like that yeah, for totally. Dirty Bird. Like, yeah. you know, he's not doing a lot of the the grunt work. Like, he's, he's at shows, he's gigging, and he's like, hmm, I like that. Hmm. Right. I think we need to keep an eye on that person, right? So he's out like curating more so than than all the nitty gritty. Totally, that's what his wife's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andy's a hustler. Dude, Andy's probably I'm, not as much anymore, but like, yeah, yeah I'm sure that, she's at dude, this point. She work, had yeah, to, she works so much though. Like, yeah. oof, I respect that lady so oh, much. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, we were talking with uh, Mark and Ellie about it. They were like, "Oh yeah, Dirty Bird East Coast isn't happening this year," and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> at West Coast, Claude like is doing the full closing ceremony after the family set, and is like, keep an eye out for the East Coast announcement." And Andy like jumps up and grabs the mic. She's like, "Nope, nope." <laughs> <laughs> nope, not talking about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> Claude's like, just like, let's do everything. And right. she's like, whoa, that's not going to work. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, Sorry East Coast wrong. was kind of a shit show. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can see there were there were a lot of problems. I so. loved it, though. But yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I, it needs to be. But re- they were just like, logistically, the same thing you said about starting a label. They were yeah. like, we just have so many other things we're doing yeah. right now. Like the Dirty Bird barbecues. Right. Like actual West Coast camp out, making sure it's all legit. Right. Like, we don't need to do another thing. Yeah. Are you guys doing camp out again this year? Um, Probably. Yeah, I, I would know. hope so. Yeah, it depends we'll if I'm pregnant. That's really what depends. Oh yeah, you guys are trying to get pregnant. That's yeah, right. We're gonna we're gonna start trying in the next few months. Yeah. I mean, that that's part of why 2019 is this like let's get sober, let's get healthy, yeah. let's get healthy like physically, mentally, all the above. Yeah. Which is yeah. a challenge because we still want him to play shows. Yeah. And so the, the, we've spent the last year going out a lot, supporting everybody mm-hmm. and really getting him back out there. And so he's had some great bookings, but now we're kind of in this like nervous 2019 of like, don't forget, <laughs> don't right. forget Jordan. Right, like, right. I still would love to go see him play and he still wants to play, but it'll be, it would be more like... We're not going out, one, unless he's playing, or two, unless it's a fuck yes. Like, I absolutely need to go and Mm -hmm. support this crew or support this, but, like, there's shit every night. Absolutely. Sometimes, I mean, last month we were (laughs) bouncing between two and three places in one night. Like, there's so much going on. The scene in Seattle's thriving right now. Yeah, Yeah. and it's great, but, like, it's not It's so funny, though. And that's what's what's so interesting is, like, uh, I was a foundation kid. Mm-hmm. Like I got pulled into foundation and that was my home for several years. Right. And then I kind of dipped out of foundation and I wasn't really feeling it, but I was still like in there. I would go to some shows like every once in a while I would get a booking. Like we're talking once every six months, mm-hmm. but like, uh, and then I left and started doing all this other stuff and found out all these new opportunities and all this stuff. And then foundation got closed down. Right. And then, I I don't really see much of it, but I see several of my friends that because I was still part of that whole foundation crew and they're all like, fuck, like this place that I was playing regularly no longer exists. How do I get gigs? They're all trying to get gigs other places. Mm-hmm. 
And then I got hit up by someone, and I won't go into details, <laughs> but they were basically like, hey, I know, like, the scene's really struggling now that Foundation's not in it, and, like, I'm sure it's been tough trying to get gigs, so would you like to play this gig? And it was this unpaid Free. gig <laughs> for something not yeah. really that ideal. And I was like, dude, I've played, like, a dozen times yeah. in the last year, right. which for me is, like, more than I more than I've played since I was like 23 when I was doing like twice a month at foundation. So it's like, I feel like I've been playing more than I have in years and meeting tons of new people, like going out to all this fun shit, like everything feels thriving. But to other people, they were like, Oh, nothing's going on because foundation's gone. Right. Like, yeah. Like, how, how are you going to let that devastate? <laughs> what are you right? talking like, about? Yeah, it's, it, I thought, yeah. That's not the scene. <laughs> that is not. That is not the scene. That is. That was a very small portion of the scene. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the loudest right. part of the scene. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, the underground scene in Seattle's fucking insane. Like, I've never seen so many people support like house and techno music in my life. I've been to a lot of places and like. Our scene here, just knowing that there's three or four house or techno shows that are cracking on on like a Thursday or a Wednesday night, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who who the fuck are you people? Like, this is insane. I love it. I yeah. love it so much. It's crazy. It's cool watching like new people find stuff and new talent popping up and right. new people showcasing themselves. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent. Like, everybody that's like, oh, there's so many DJs. Good. Keep being a fucking DJ, dude. Be creative. Like, I want to hear that shit. Send yeah. me your fucking mix. Yeah. I want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want everyone to just get weird with it. You like those You <laughs> like those songs and you think they should go together? Fucking put them together, dude. Like, yeah. send that shit to me. So are you from the mindset, obviously we talked about that you're dialing things back this year and you're going to be more selective and picky, but are you from the mindset for a newbie who might be listening to like do it all, like take every gig, take every opportunity, or do you think it's good to align yourself more so with people who you think ultimately you want to work with long-term? I mean, both. I'm, I really want, so my, like my theme for 2019 is try new things, right? Like I want, I want new experiences. I don't want to keep doing the exact same thing over and over, even though it's tried and true and it's working. I don't really want to continue doing that. I want to shake it up and take these new bookings with people that I've never worked with before and do uh, a DJ, a cycling class. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, catch me in my spin class. <laughs> that's what I do now. He's really? been doing it's it for over crazy. a year. That's sick. We've been doing it for a year and a half now. The that's first sick. time we got asked, I like almost didn't even ask him. I was like, fuck, he's going to totally look at me like, are you fucking kidding? And yeah. I asked him and he was like, no. And I was like, listen, it pays good. Just do it once. You don't ever have to do it again. But yeah. Just try it. And now he's done it every month for fuck over yeah. a year. That's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm, I am I want weird shit. Dude. <laughs> weird like, shit. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to play those weird shows. I want those weird pop-ups and like Yeah. I know like I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I have like a crazy fucking festival schedule this year, so um I I have a few confirmations left before I can actually confirm that it's nuts, but um it's already shaping up to be insane. So I'm like well, we had a little uh, blip there with a full storage. Um, so we're going to come back. You were talking about how you can't announce a couple things because you're not quite sure on them. And right. So one of the things we do on this podcast, at least we started doing it last season. And I think it's kind of a fun thing to include that we kind of forgot to bring up at the beginning is that we have a safe word. And so basically we have anyone 
come up with whatever word. Uh, some people love fruit. That right, seems right. to be the, uh, <laughs> let's, the big one. Let's roll with potato. Potato. Oh, nice. That's new. Mm. All right. So basically, yeah, if there's any, you know, any questions we ask you that are either too personal, too personal or uh, too specific about something that you have coming up that you can't quite talk about, sure. just go ahead and say potato. Perfect. Can I ask you about your personal life? Yeah, absolutely. So you said you're a Libra and you're single uh-huh. and you're 30 uh-huh. and you were like, <laughs> yes mean, to all I, of those. I mean, I don't Correct. have kids, but I mean, who's, you know, you were kind of mocking your age versus having children. Do you want to settle down and have a serious relationship and children one of these days? Honestly, like every, I feel like everybody kind of wants that, but mm. that's not like my main focus. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be upset if that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty okay being a single man. Like I, I do all right. Mm-hmm. And it's sure. I like long for like a meaningful relationship, but I find that in so many friendships and I, I feel like I put my, I put my loving energy into all of those relationships and mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily need to be a romantic one. But yes, I do miss like I do miss romantic love, like snuggles. I, and, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like fucking do w- any of your lazy sisters have kids yet? Yeah, they all, they pretty much. I all just do, see yeah. you being a fantastic uncle. Oh yeah, and I'm, so I think that's why in my head I was like, oh, you'd be a great dad. But I uncle guess you'd be Jay. a great oh, uncle dude, too. They call me Uncle Dude. Uh, uncle dude. I have <laughs> so yeah, I have I have yes. my my youngest sister. Uh, she's two years older than me. She has two kids, and then my oldest sister. She uh, rest rest in peace. She passed away a few years ago. Oh, um, sorry. But she has five kids. Wow. Yeah. Um. So, yep. That's uh, yeah. That's it's a big family, man. Uncle dude. Uncle dude. Yeah, and they fucking love me. Like it's so great. I just pop in every like I pop in at the best moments of their life and i think because i keep picturing you in your librarian outfit that i just <laughs> like see this fatherly aspect of you oh, where sure. you just would be this great dad oh well maybe one day yeah and i realized i called you dad too when i was referring to your record label right. that you're gonna open that you're gonna be like the dad i don't know you just give off good dad vibes yeah like all the friend zone guys those guys all call me dad do they yes. yeah i can totally yeah. see Perfect. that yeah so you're yeah like the cool dad yeah totally yeah. yeah i mean and i'm not opposed to it i've like I I think yeah I think I would be a kick-ass dad but yeah. yeah I mean it's not something that I'm necessarily like trying or longing for well but you have plenty of time totally because you're yeah. lucky and you're a dude it yeah. just means you have to hook up with a younger chick probably yeah a bummer right oh so sad <laughs> um, but yeah no I, I don't know like family family's important to me I love I love my family and it would be it would it would be nice to have one, but it's not necessarily what like I'm focusing my future on. Mm-hmm. I if it if it happens, great. But yeah, I mean I'm I'm leaps and bounds away from that. You know, you first first step is probably find find a relationship or somebody to go to dinner with. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe talk to somebody outside <laughs> of music. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like I'm, I, it, I, it would be unfair for me to like get into a relationship or anything like that right now. Right I'm, now, I'm yeah. just, I, all my time is very, very used and it, it's, just, I, I just, we well, just have to find somebody who likes to go to all the shows. Yeah. I just feel like I, I would be too distracted with mm. other things to actually like, like be the making the right moves in a relationship. I just, right. think, I, you know. But 
Maybe someday. There's time. Yeah, there's time. Do you like your solo alone time or do you tend to fill it up with friends and things to do? I mean, when I do get solo alone time, I dig it. Like, nice. I definitely love that. But um, for the most part, like, I'm, I'm not a very, like, closed-in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very open, as you guys can tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm very open and I, like, I love sharing any experience with anybody else. So. Unless you're having a down and then you're like, totally. bed and pizza yep. and See you later, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's for, sure. that's yeah. where a lot of people like we were talking about turn to video games because mm-hmm. that's their ability to get lost in an immersive world. Yeah. Um, when you're kind of down and out, is there anything that you enjoy that you feel takes you into an immersive world, not, or is that just like Netflix? N- not yeah, just Netflix. Really, it's fucking like, ridiculous. Netflix. That have access to well, that much or content. Or sometimes I, I can't even open my eyes. Right. Like I exactly. just have to lay in my bed with my eyes closed, and totally. I'm not sleeping. And I could try to put on a show, but I won't absorb it, and I'm just yeah, really. The, yeah. I mean, the thing that always gets me through is music. Mm-hmm. It, I listen to something very fucking emotionally impacting, mm-hmm. and like, what's emotionally impacting for you? Oof. I mean, it the, changes for sure. Yeah, it definitely changes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like some some of like the like like Aphex Twin stuff. Um, okay. I, I feel like that's like really big music and like very like very thoughtful music. Um, a lot of the sounds are very like impacting. Um, there's a lot though. I mean, it's a, it's a deep library, but yeah, I, I mean, I have like, I've, I have like playlists planned out for the, for these exact moments. Yeah. So I'll, are I'll you like him where you always want to hear something new or do you have certain go-tos that you can listen to pretty much on repeat that oh, are like your anthems for life? I definitely have life anthems. Like I, what? I, uh, I mean, one that <laughs> it's, there, man, there's so many, but like a lot of the uh, a lot of the old Justin Martin stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could listen to that every day and yeah. never never get sick of it. Like mm-hmm. Justin Martin's a man. What up, J Mart? <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, that way about Justin Martin and about Ellie and Fur. Yeah, totally. Lane, yep. Like the certain Lane Eight tracks, yep, like definitely. I can just do over and over, yeah. and I don't get bored of them. Yeah, anymore. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's been your progression through music? Because that's always something that I find interesting to ask other DJs. Because they've, everyone's changed. Like I've gone from um, the progressive life cycle of a to trance mm-hmm. to house to yeah. G house to techno, like. Right. Dirty bird everywhere in between. Yeah, so like coming out of the punk and metal scene, I I I was like really interested when I like heard dubstep. I was really interested in it, but to be honest, the crowd kind of fucking sucked, and mm-hmm. I wasn't really into it. That's not really my style. But I and had what fu- year was that? That was like two thousand eight, yeah. maybe like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something uh-huh. like that. And I mean, it was cool. Like I I loved it. And then like I would go to raves and hear like a lot of like like chiller like psytrance stuff and like uh that kind of like turned me on to like the 4-4 style music and um then yeah like disco i dj disco stuff like new disco stuff for a while and um yeah and then we i we released a couple albums that were like g house style and then kind of fell in i mean g house and tech house it's like synonymous right like nobody mm-hmm. who, who the fuck knows the difference <laughs> but um yeah it kind of just like led us to this path of tech house and tech house 
has just it's it's it just filled my groove you know and how long has that been filling your groove uh it's been like the last like four or five years yeah i mean i it's 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 always been like some form of house music though right like it's 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 always been house um, it's always been house. It's I, I, tr- been I try. I try to do like <laughs> trap. I try to do trap, and like I, I do Jade Raid's hip hop barbecue yeah. at festivals. That was one question we had on Facebook. Was, oh, really? When's the next Jade Raid hip hop barbecue? The, the more you ask about it, the farther away it gets. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's honestly the silliest pop up ever. Like it's it's, it's basically just me sleep deprived day three of a festival like watching the sunrise playing ignorant 90s hip-hop cuts (laughs) out of a bluetooth speaker in my phone on youtube like is there actual barbecue fuck no (laughs) nobody's ever eaten at this you should bring some lays barbecue potato chips yeah and just be like here's your barbecue bitches day three 6 a.m sunrise food does not sound nobody's nobody's eating that's my barbecue potato chips but uh yeah it's it's so funny like people people like seek it out and like it's it's made like a pretty big dent and like I, i don't know people ask me about it all the time it's like dude you don't even understand how shitty this thing is but like <laughs> i love it like the last one they were they, we were at a uh what festival was that is uh, it apog maybe no no no. i fell asleep pretty early at apog because we played oh, that, state the night before that was uh that was rob that was doing it yeah yeah rob yeah. did like the slow fi yeah um but yeah, I don't know. It was some festival and we had like, I don't know, like 30 people like lined up on the fucking festival street, like <laughs> blocking people trying to walk back to their tent. It's like fucking six o'clock in the morning. People are like, are you serious? Like, what are you guys doing? Right? Everyone's just sitting with sunglasses and beers, just like bobbing to hip hop. <laughs> Shit's amazing. I love it. Like nobody, nobody actually knows what's going on. They just like, uh, there's music. Yeah, I, I guess I'll sit here. <laughs> that works. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. The, we we festival season's so much fucking fun. Yeah, it's so much silly shit. Like, yeah, and it's it's probably my favorite thing in the world to be honest. Like, yeah, seeing seeing people just get down to their weirdest creature function, like it's it's the best. So not uh. We'll put the um, work obligations aside. Like, if you could pick whatever festivals this year that you would just want to attend, mm-hmm. uh, what what would that be? So I'm already going to Crossed. Um, I I landed early alumni tickets for that, so um, that's always a good one. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to San Diego. I haven't ever been, but Cross. it seems legit. It's fantastic. The lineup this year looks great. It's really good. It's a really really good lineup, and I like that they do it twice a year. Right? They mm-hmm. do spring and fall. So. Yeah. Like if you miss one, you can still catch it later mm-hmm. on that year, and it's cheap, and I dig that. Um, so that, and I always do Summer Meltdown Festival. I love Summer Meltdown. I've been going to that for like fucking eight years now. That's nine one years. We've always heard great things we've about. Heard so many it's, good things. It's so yeah. good. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, they, yeah, that's it's fantastic. Um, I've played there twice. I played there twice, and then uh, we've had art there like three or four times. Nice. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, I'm gonna try to do Burning Man this year. It's it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, a lot of preparation, and again, I don't have a ton of time to invest in things like that. Um, free time is very scarce, and to like focus on not dying in the desert for seven days or ten days, it's, it it's, it's yeah, it's a lot. I mean. In all, I would look at it as a two-month commitment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. 
it's so expensive. Right. Yeah. And which you would you wouldn't really think it would be being that And it's, it's amazing. And we'll totally fucking... go do it again. Oh, but absolutely. I, I do think it has to be a fuck yes year. And if it's like a uh, I don't know if this mm-hmm. is gonna really work out, then I wouldn't do it. Exactly. But if it's like, yeah, yeah. this is this you, is happening. Yeah, you definitely have to go yeah. into it like fucking gung ho. Like yeah. there's no half assing it. No. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh I'm gonna I'm gonna do Dirty Bird Camp out again, mm-hmm. I think. Probably most likely. I I love that fucking festival so much. It's I've our been, favorite. I've I only missed one year and I feel stupid about that. Like, but from what I hear, it was like a pretty rough year. It wasn't last year, but the year before. Mm-hmm. I hear there was like massive dust storms and it was it was a little rough. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I'm not really was, that upset brutal. that I missed it. So. <laughs> I almost, it's definitely I almost our destroyed favorite. my knee. Yeah. yeah there were potholes yeah. everywhere. Oh, God. On we're, the sports fields. Oh, fuck. Yeah. We were talking to uh, uh, Girlson, rest in peace. Yeah. Talking to Girlson about it. And uh, they basically just had, it was just super tall grass. Like There was like four or five foot tall right. grass everywhere. And then they like mowed it like so the day before. So they came mowed right? it all down right before. Yeah. And so then all the grass died. And then all that grass just turned into dust. Oh, no. So it just turned into this giant dust bowl. They were like hoping like, oh, if we cut back all this grass, it'll just turn into regular grass. Right. That's not the no. way that works. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. That's that's pretty rough. Yeah. So there were like holes everywhere. And so I was playing Ultimate Frisbee and like jumped into a hole. Oh, man. But this year's venue is awesome. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah I love the I hope they stick year. with that. I really do, too. I mean, that's like where like symbiosis is, right? I don't know. I think that's the same festival. That's what I heard. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, APOG, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do APOG again this year. Um, hopefully playing again, that, yeah. that'd be fucking tight. Um, let's see how that all pans out. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, with flow state summit, um, I do like some of the like artist booking and last year I took a pretty, took on a pretty big chunk of like the creative director position and it was a lot, it was, it was a lot of work and I, we we have other people in in line to help me with that type of stuff, so I'm not like the only one doing it. But yeah, it's it, I'm gonna be working with Flow State again this year. And they went big for their first year. They and, went huge. And this second year is gonna be even it's even more. bigger. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're really ramping it up, and I'm I'm with it, dude. I love the quarry, and um, we will definitely see you there. Hell yeah! That was like the best decompression. Like mm-hmm. the like that apog set was fucking insane <laughs> that apog night was nuts and then yeah just come back to the water and the water was so just healing. chill out oh my god it was the, like what my soul needed yeah, yeah. i want to end every festival that way yeah <laughs> so cool i want to have more there. festivals at the core yeah even. totally yeah yeah he'll be playing this year and then we're also doing a yoga dj set nice too, so nice yeah I'll, I'll be djing this year for sure um i think i'll probably stage manage one or two of the nights um but yeah i'm not like it, last year was crazy because I, I felt like I was working like 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And then I had to leave and go to APOG. Yeah. And I was like worried about how that shit was going. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Who did I just leave in charge with all of this? Like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a, lo- a lot more enjoyable this year. It's like kind of taking some of the responsibility out. Are you going like, to do any of the workout type classes? Or I don't know, workshops? maybe. Yeah, like I, I, I really like their fucking like sword fighting yoga yeah. that they had. I, I really want to try that. Like, um, I also kind of don't want to do that because I'm, <laughs> t- I'm slightly terrified that I'll like cut myself or somebody else. <laughs> 
I'm sure they're dull knives, but like dull swords, but still, that's, yeah. that's kind of scary. It's kind of cool though. It is. It is. It's so exciting. you better take our class. Absolutely. Like I, <laughs> I, I definitely want to do yoga it's fine. with you it's guys. It's easy. It won't be hard. You, your guys' flavor of yoga is so much different though. Like yeah. you're, it's, you have like personality and it's, it's a lot more fun yeah. than most yoga that well, I've done. Cause also cause we're a serious. part of the festival world. Mm-hmm. It's not like, so a lot of things we've talked about this a lot but like yoga is an add-on these days it's like yoga and beer yoga and wine yoga in the park silent disco yoga like all of those things like we're not against in any way but like we don't come from the mindset of we're a yoga teacher let's look for something else we can do to add yoga to instead we're like we're festival goers (laughs) we love this stuff we want to do it anyway and we think it would work really well and our style incorporates those two mediums together rather than all right let me take this yoga style and just like add it on top yeah so i don't take like a class that i would teach in a studio and just plug and play it into a festival right right. we curate we figure out what the vibe's going to be like we figure out what our time slot is that's Mm -hmm. a big part of it and then we curate what we're going to bring and um jonathan brought it up cats when i was talking to him the other day he's like yeah it's really interesting your teaching style he's like because i've taken three different event classes from you in the last month and everyone was different totally he's like the way you taught was different what jordan played was different the dynamic he's like they're all fantastic Mm -hmm. he's like but they were so cool how yeah. it was not just like here's your standard yoga class that's right. been plugged into this new scenery um so i think that's where we really try to market ourselves in that way too so when we apply to festivals and stuff a lot of times they want like your epk and a list of what your workshops are and i'm like i can give you a list of generic workshops or we can work together and we can create something just for you guys yeah that's amazing like that's that's what i'd rather do like i I don't i don't want to just be like here's five options pick one right that's fucking lame well and i like not to sound like a fucking creep or anything but i watched you guys i watched your guys's yoga set at uh at camp out this year oh, um nice. i lurking in the shadows i didn't know that but uh <laughs> yeah like we were walking by and like i saw jordan djing and i heard your voice and i was like oh shit here they are like over here in this like yeah like over here in this dome thing um so yeah i just like stopped and we just listen listen to you like you're hilarious your teaching (laughs) your teaching style is so fucking funny we had such a good time listening (laughs) and then that's that warm-up with subset on the last day that was so much fucking fun like everybody had such a great time and you called me out over the mic (laughs) (laughs) sorry i don't know left from right my bad (laughs) it was it was a loving call out so that was the first time i've done something like that and mark was the one who approached us and he's like hey like what is your thoughts on doing like some easy little stretching to kind of get people over to the space and get them into it and of course we were totally down right Mm -hmm. away but afterwards we were talking about it and like we need to make that happen more with the early sets at mm-hmm. festivals. So Absolutely. if you get a 2 or 3 p.m. set, like you don't have to look at it as like, oh, fuck, no one's going to show up. You have to look at it as what am I going to do to make people want to come over totally. here? Totally. So he's like, I'm going to have a painting wall. I'm going to have costumes. I'm going to have Ellie walking around with these little surprises. I'm going to have Antonella and Jordan warming up the crowd. Like that was 
brilliant yeah. and it gets me excited to want to collaborate more in that way because we don't need to do a full hour class where no. he's DJing and like we can just be part of that like conscious crew that pulls people together and says hey we're about to experience this together let's connect for a second to what's going on in our bodies our breath how are we feeling on day two or day three of the festival and who are the people around you that you're going to be dancing near and what's their energy and just have a moment to just be there i love it and it was really fun yeah i, I love really it. liked it yeah my friend jovan that i was that i go to camp out with he he was like struggling really hard Aww. and he was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I want to go see subset. Like I've heard so many good things, but like, I don't think I'm going to make it. Like I might need to like recoup. And then I was like, dude, just like troop it out. Like, I don't feel good either. Like, let's just do this. And then after the set, he was like, wow, like Jordan and Antonello, like really like Aww. helped, helped me into my day. Like it, That's awesome. it, 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 like it's, it's a great idea. Like, I, I probably wouldn't have stretched that day. I probably wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't have done that. And we're that. sleeping like, intense. Like yeah. your body needs it so badly. Right, and right. it doesn't doesn't have to be that much. I'm not asking and, you to do an hour of rigorous yeah. workout. And right. even when we teach you to stretch a the bit. actual <laughs> yoga classes, it's, yeah, we're moving your body and you're getting kind of sort of a little bit of a workout, but it's a lot more of like connecting to how you feel that day. And, yeah. and it's fun. Like mm-hmm. the, my favorite festival to teach at is camp out because i get to let my dirty birdie (laughs) mouth fly and i can be a little obnoxious and a little dirty and a little weird and and i feel a bit restrained in studio settings Mm -hmm. when i remember i got called out by a teacher once or a studio (laughs) owner because i referred to coochie as a word and she was like you can't say coochie when you teach a yoga class and i was like i didn't say yeah. coochie she's like yeah you definitely and did and who the fuck wrote that <laughs> rule like <laughs> yeah and i was like oh sorry but so that's the thing like naturally my brain just goes that way and so i have to dial it back when i'm in a studio to be mindful yeah, of sure. the people who might be offended and so i love being <laughs> i love being at events for noise complaint or at dirty bird camp out or when we taught at what the festival was so fun like i said we can just let it fly yeah i can be exactly who i am and i can teach authentically from here and i don't have to censor and i don't have to i mean obviously i'm not being racist and i'm not being you know it's not hateful yeah yeah, it's it's not like damaging words it's just fucking words people are so sensitive with words it's just a fucking reverberation of the mouth and (laughs) honestly like making a sound with my mouth right exactly exactly yeah yeah. but i mean some words do hurt i get it but like yeah something something that small it's that's that's petty i love being able to be playful there and then when we were at when we taught at what the festival the last year they had it uh we had one we did two yoga classes or one yoga class? Two. We did two acro classes. And then we did a um, a workshop on st- on the, what stage was that? It was like, the, it was a really cool stage. Mm, it was like a speakeasy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like the, the, tea, the tea house, yeah. Yeah, and we did it on, uh, so Sankalpa Shakti in the yoga world is like, sort of i guess you could say in like really mindful intention setting but like linked with meditation and breath and it's done in, and we did it in a group atmosphere nice. we like you know handed out stuff for people to write things down on and what was the one that the guy wrote down for his intentions? Well, so it was, yeah it was basically like intentions like your 
purpose. It's mm-hmm. kind of like sorting through your purpose, your dharma, your life path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so there was portions where you had to kind of reflect for yourself, and then you had to connect to the person near you and and voice to them, and then you had to voice it out into the universe. And then and it went great. We had a lot of people. And then after it was all done, some people had left their little. We gave them a of piece paper. of paper and a pen for them to write some of it out. And the guy wrote his three things on it, and it was uh, weed farm. Fat RV, P H A T R V, and backflip. Wow, dude, and that's the most work shit I've ever. And heard it was in my just life. like sitting on the it. grass, and we found it. We were like, "Holy fucking shit!" This was shit, a very dude. successful workshop. That's so good. Oh <laughs> my awesome. god! Wow. Yeah. It just basically yeah. described like every fucking like glass blown works dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best. It was Holy amazing. Shit. And then amazing. after we met with the program director and she was like you guys were amazing we definitely want to have you next year and we want you to have you in this like that one area the, the cube stage or whatever oh yeah dude that she was, was like we'll teach lit. you yoga there it's got way more space and it's got a more big sound, sound system we can use so we were all like hooked up and then it got canceled because like, yeah. that was really fun it's just it's just like we we loved that space. Yeah. We loved the people involved. We yeah. loved the, the vibe. Size. Mm-hmm. It was size close by. Yep. So like all these pieces, we were like, yes, this festival is it. Like, yeah. Why have we not been here before? Like, that was our so first great. year too. We had oh, never really? been there and we yeah. worked oh, it. Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a great, great welcome. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, bye. Okay. I, I did all the what the festivals. I, nice. I, even at they like they had a different location their first year, mm. and uh, <clears throat> that yeah, Wolf Run Ranch was. That was it, dude. Like, that was the best. The splash pool, like, yes. Come Seriously. on, come how, on. We were telling Mark, like, how perfect would a subset splash pool? It would be amazing. Be? It would be amazing. We were telling him about it. We're like, dude, if that ever comes back, you need to, you need to make that happen. Oh, absolutely. He would be so perfect dude, for that, dude. And like all the party. instigators out yes. there with rubber duckies <laughs> yes. and shit, oh, or fuck. actual like alligators. Oh <laughs> my god, inflatable dude. alligators. That'd be the fucking, instigators. That'd be so great. Yeah, I wonder how those guys are doing right now. They're throwing parties on holy yeah, shit. Yeah, they're right on holy ship. I think I think they're like in the middle of one of their parties right now too. Fuck, have you ever been on ship? No, we haven't either. I've never I, even been. I on a want cruise. to. That's a, again a very expensive commitment. Yeah, and yeah. I mean I get it. Like it's probably worth every penny. Yeah, it's just I, I'm not ready to drop the coin for that. Yeah. Like, it's going to be, I'm sure it's a great experience, but fuck. Like, maybe if I lived closer to it and mm-hmm. I didn't have to, like, worry about Fly. flying and then, like, worry about spending thousands of dollars on fucking drinks and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I honestly, like, if, I'm interested and I'll probably go, but I'm probably not going to go as just, like, as as just like a festival goer yeah you have to get hired on i'll I'll be hired on for something that's where we're at and like john had reached out asking us to be one of the instigators and to do yoga but they had uh previous yoga things not go well oh really (laughs) not not jonathan but no had nothing to do with that on ship ship, yeah yeah. on ship and so we can uh we can talk more about that later yeah we don't need to get into that potato right right now Uh, (laughs) but so we were he had approached us to like yeah come do yoga and then they didn't accept his proposal to add yoga into his instigator family thing mark not mark yeah sorry well Oh yeah, sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> who's what? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're definitely in that same vein. Like, I would love to go yeah. on holy ship, but like, I can't necessarily do that. Like, I don't need to play on holy ship, mm-hmm. but I, I've, I've always loved having some sort of responsibility in a role with something. Yeah. Like, 
I would I would probably enjoy Holy Ship a lot more if I had some specifics that I had to do. Totally. If I was yeah. helping someone with and, something and financially, yeah. like the yeah. last couple years we're broke ass yoga teachers. So we're like, we can only go to a festival if we get hired. Right. If they're paying our way, plus they're paying what we're missing by not being at home working. Um, so like originally it was we are only going to go to a festival if we get hired. And then now it's more of like, we have to actually get paid right. too. Like at, early on, it was like, sure. Like if you, you know, we'll do it in exchange for tickets or whatever. And then after a year of that, we're like, uh, no, like we actually need to get paid. And so that means we go to less festivals and that's okay. That is okay. We're, yeah. we're you know, we're, the, it's probably not the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. to not like stretch yourself so thin to yeah. do nine fucking ten festivals a year, you know, which I'll still probably do. But <laughs> it gets exhausting. It does. Well. It really does. But like you said with snowboarding, I mean, like I just my body doesn't yeah, heal. You just the same yeah, way. you just don't bounce. But your bounce back time really starts lagging. And yeah. you're in your check bouncing back yeah, time. Yeah, like totally. Your bank account. Like yeah. it might. You might not have to pay much to get there but it still adds up yeah i mean it still adds up. You, yeah you still have to s- survive mm-hmm. <laughs> all the fun stuff food you know like all that all that jazz it, it definitely adds up yeah and and then nobody factors in like okay it's a four-day festival but they don't factor in the prep days before or getting there and then they don't factor in the recovery week right, after right right like, i mean sometimes it takes like Three, four, five days. Absolutely. I know. I'm just... Yesterday... What was yesterday? Saturday? Saturday was the first day I felt normal from That's New that Year's. sleep thing she was talking about. Like, if you don't get enough sleep, yeah. your body's exhausted. Yeah. And New yeah. Year's was what? Monday? So yeah. So it took me all this entire midweek to feel back to normal same like well and again like the touring and stuff (laughs) but yeah like yeah i i totally feel your pain sister it's brutal um yeah it's it it, yeah it and i don't even party i mean (laughs) i do most people i do party but like i don't party like i used to Mm -hmm. like uh, i haven't drank liquor in like i don't know it's been like six or eight months something like that i just don't drink like i'll drink beer like i drink a bunch of beer but like was that a conscious choice yeah it was Mm -hmm. yeah i just knew that i was sick of like waking up and feeling sick like physically ill it's like Mm -hmm. dude why did i do that like uh my fucking head hurts i think i'm gonna throw up like why am i living this way i don't get that way with beer for some reason do you just drink less of it and it's not like a shots thing or well it, it just no i just don't drink liquor like yeah like no no hard liquor at all um but no meaning like does beer not affect you that way because you don't there's more liquid therefore you don't consume as much i think i think that's where shots it's easy to just exactly or with like a mixed drink you know Mm -hmm. you're just like sucking it down because you're holding it right Mm -hmm. so like with a beer it's like and oh this is sugary like i'm Mm -hmm. just gonna down this yeah exactly this tastes great Mm, Uh here we go i have a hard time with with hard alcohol because of the mixing Mm -hmm. like the mixed drinks and then also like oh let me buy you a drink and then you're like drinking all these different types of alcohol Mm -hmm. that's really really hard on my stomach totally where i get kind of made fun of but they'll be like oh yeah do you want this i'm like no i'm good i'm sticking i'm i started with vodka therefore i'm finishing with vodka right, like right. i'm only gonna have vodka mm-hmm. 
or none at all like yeah i I think i just have a problem with doing anything in moderation Mm. like i'm i'm like a balls to the wall with everything i never half-ass anything i yeah i always fucking go full send so yeah like (laughs) um, so i just yeah i just made a conscious decision to not drink liquor because a it I didn't like the person that like I didn't like my, the, my personality after drinking mm. liquor. Um, I I like started like damaging relationships and stuff like that. And also, I didn't like the way it made me feel afterwards. Mm. Like obviously, I love the way it makes me feel like during during it. So yeah. you decided to be an adult, right? And make adult decisions. <laughs> it, it, funny how it works that way, right? right? Weird. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, being self-aware like that, it's I, I'm like pretty proud of it. I actually honest. noticed that with you. I don't know if I've ever said it, but I notice a difference between your drunk personality versus when you're drinking ciders because he doesn't drink beer yeah. um, versus cocktail type sure. drinks. I definitely like see a. Well, I also have a difference. distinct wine one. True. Oh, oh <laughs> everybody has that. One. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite though. Like that's I, I love it's, I love everybody's wine drink. It's that's, the best in it, but it's also one of the worst yeah, after, sure. afterwards. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's cheap wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. we usually don't have cheap. Wine. Yeah, I worked in the wine industry for a few years, and my parents are super into the wine industry. Yeah, my my mom worked in the wine industry too. Yeah, she yeah. Yes, so, is I, f- I I know way too much about wine, even though I don't really drink it. Oh. But let's go, yeah, like she said, it'd be bef- fun to before go we sat down. Yeah. Let's go wine tasting. Yeah, I'm 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 with it. Let's do it. Wine tasting is just really one of those fun things. She mentioned it again before the podcast, but uh, we've had friends who have gone. Actually, it was that Apod crew mm. that will just like dress up super fancy and then wear all their like Bernie Man gear. <laughs> so they're wearing like you know fluffy robes and coats and everything over the top of like fancy outfits. Nice, and they'll all. I'll just go take over a wine tasting room. Dude, I love it. And then they just like travel around. They'll like rent out a bus for a day and go travel to several different places. That's, that sounds yeah. awesome. I really want to do that. I think that'd be really fun. Because I know it's like, it, it's, it's really fun because I have a, a knowledge of wine. Mm-hmm. And when you give me a little bit of wine, I start spewing out random wine knowledge. Nice. So then it's like, I know some shit, but it's also fun to make fun us. of shit yeah. at the same time. Right. So just to like joke about it, like, oh, this tastes like, I don't know. Oak. Like, yeah, like oak and there's some gravel flavor in it and it smells like dirt. Right. And <laughs> start making fun of these people with their like Oh man, I'm with it. Let's do it. Sounds like a party. Yeah. My uh, my uncle. <laughs> I have a daughter that can be our our Uber driver. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Since we live right here, I'd be like, Bailey? Yeah. That's all wine tasting. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just like right yeah. up your guys' street. Yeah, it's it's like, there's, like like five ni- there's like 90 fucking wineries right there. That's yeah. why my parents moved here. Really? <laughs> right next to all the wineries. Sweet. Like, we want to be right there. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're so tired of buying Ubers from the Issaquah Plateau all oh. the way to Woodenville. So, so I'll like, just buy this move. fucking castle out here. And <laughs> <laughs> Where are much. we? Woodenville? Yeah, Woodenville, uh, right? We are technically, technically Redmond. Redmond. Oh, okay. But we're Woodenville right is border. like 10 blocks that way. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my parents live, like you said, in a uh, beautiful brick, almost looking mansion. Dude, that thing is crazy. And we live right next door in a geodesic dome. I, <laughs> I love that so fucking it's much. Dude. The contrast so, is so hilarious. Like, my parents is like, well, manicured several buildings on the property. And then no, there's ours, gonna, which our is like is a fruit trees show. and a dome and everything's falling apart. There's zero landscaping. Yeah. And if there's like, <laughs> if there's like a pencil lodged behind the toilet, don't move it because it's there for a purpose. Okay. <laughs> it's probably 
holding shit together. So there's a purpose it. for everything. A, I love it. It's a shit show, but that's the best. That's all right. Yeah. We love it. Hell yeah. But it always confuses guests when I give them directions and they're like, I, I'll have people call me like I this was wrong because I like was going to pull in and there's big fucking brick mansion. Like, that's not right. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, that's right. Yeah. Like, pull in there. They're like, what? Yeah, that, that yeah. definitely got me on the way out. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. I was definitely I knew that you guys had domes. I knew that you guys had geodomes. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. So like. Uh, that's what I was looking for. I was, yeah. I was looking that's for next door. Yeah, I was looking for yeah. a shop and a couple <laughs> of geodems and yeah, the and then I saw the whatever the landmark you sent me and I was, I was like I, I should probably fucking call. Like <laughs> I'm I'm lost. But yeah, you were, you were right here, dude. This is great. Yeah, we live right across the street from the Burt. Gil- is that what it's called? Burt Gilman Trail. Oh really? So um, on a yeah, decent you- day, we'll just hop on our bikes and then we can take the trail over into Buffalo. Yeah. Or down into Redmond or whatever. It's pretty. We sweet. should get brunch. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you so can take you can, that trail like all the way to Seattle. So we can really? ride our bikes yeah. and you can hop on your longboard yeah. and we can meet on the trail and go get brunch. Sick. That sounds awesome. Dude, I also ride happen. bikes. So. Oh okay. <laughs> You're a bike kind of no. guy. He kind of rides a bike. He just fucking does scary shit on bikes. I mean, like, I ride a bike. I just ride really poorly. Like, I'm not good at it at I, like, all. ride a bike, and the next thing I look up, and he's, like, standing on the handlebars. Oh, nice. Or, like, I'm like, sit down! <laughs> I like doing ridiculous shit. You should, you should get a tandem bike. Dude. Yeah, I don't have to do any silly. work. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a good idea. You still got to do work. I'll just drive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, use your leg power, your meaty-ass legs. I do have meaty legs. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that that would be cute as fuck. I would love that. I really want a sidecar, though. I want a motorcycle with a sidecar. That'd be cool. And I can just sit there and be like, yeah. that and you can drive your motorcycle <laughs> i'd be into that can you Dude, imagine blue in a sidecar i, I was just gonna wheels? say blue in the sidecar can you have two sidecars no oh. <laughs> doesn't really Saddle work bags. that way just a little like tripod <laughs> motorcycle thing you could do like a, you could do like one of the trikes like the three-wheel motorcycles oh, yeah. yeah probably put a sidecar on that maybe i don't know do you ride motorcycles i do oh, i was yeah. gonna say you're a motorcycle guy mm-hmm. dirt yeah. bike no, 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 motorcycles. Just motorcycles. I can totally see do you have a motorcycle? I do. I can totally nice. picture that. Yep, yep. I ride, that- I ride a Harley. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, I've never been on a motorcycle because they kind of scare me, but I do like them. Yeah, it's like a really liberating thing, mm-hmm. you know. Like, there's really no other feeling like a, a nice sunny day and open face helmet just rip. 60 70 miles an hour we definitely talk about that for when we're old Mm -hmm. like when we're retired get a fatty harley or something and go on some cross-country trips yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a huge pain in the ass though it's not practical at all oh really (laughs) it's not practical at all no not for like long distance travel hell no that shit we get that shit would get so cold and like the wind's just beating the shit out of you the whole time you're just eating bugs and that's true it's, huh? yeah i mean i, I love thinking it. Of it all romantically but i guess maybe not yeah her uh her brother-in-law he has, has a, a motorcycle yeah. a really nice motorcycle oh, okay. and so her him and his, uh her sister ride that and so she sees that and it's like oh that's super cool yeah right. well yeah i'm sure it would, i'm sure i'm sure it would be like i yeah. mean I've and he's a badass trips. so it he just like badass. fits his whole I don't know. It's easy to romanticize everything. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of one of the the tough things, especially about the scene we live in, is the like the FOMO of everything. Totally, you romanticize every aspect of all this cool shit. Absolutely. We might be more trailer people. 
Yeah. Like, we love our trailer. Ooh, yeah, dude. And I could see upgrading to like a really pimped out trailer at one point, but I, I love ours right now. It's cozy and sweet. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. We're like secretly trailer trash. Totally. No, dude. We love it. Your trailer treasure. Yeah. Trailer <laughs> treasure. Aw, I like that too. That's a new phrase. It's I just cute that and it's is, that cozy. The, is that the hashtag now? Trailer treasure? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cute and cozy and whenever we're in it, I just feel like everything I need is right there and the, we can turn the table into a little bed for the dog yeah. and we're just like making our food. And I love it. Playing Legos and listening to music and i'm like oh this is our little trailers always just seemed like house. growing up like my neighbor had a trailer and i would just go like camping trashy. with them and it was just it just like felt trashy it was yeah. like why why are we going 35 minutes away to the woods <laughs> to sleep in this piece to of sleep shit. in like, this yeah. thing that's uncomfortable that's not yeah. my bed to like not have the food i want right. just to like sit here and play cards in the wilderness yeah what like, the f- yeah what the why fuck are we that? doing yeah. this? but you love it and now we do it and i'm like it's actually kind of yeah, dope yeah. <laughs> I don't know I why. Understand now. I don't <laughs> get it. I mean, like, I like, I, I camp in my van all the time. Like, yeah. the, the Volkswagen, it, it had, like, the, but it's, it's a Volkswagen Have van. Have you again, been you know? so, like, in it up towards Monroe? What is that place called we went to? Oh, Lost Lakes Lost or whatever. Lakes. Was it Lost Lakes? It's literally, it's just outside of Monroe. It's beautiful. And it's a campground that's like, it's the way they built it out was really smart because you feel like you're in your own little bubble. Nice. So you like wind down this road and there's all these different camp spots. And we went in like October, November, it was fucking cold, yeah. but we had our trailers. So right. It didn't really matter. And then we walked down to the lake and it was beautiful. We were awesome. like, damn, this was so nice to not have to drive two hours to go camping for the night. Yeah. Or did we do two nights? I don't even remember. I think we did one. Yeah, night. we did two nights. Oh, it was two nights. Yeah. It was super fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it, dude. I love being able to drive my tent places, and mm-hmm. like for festivals, that's so it's so clutch. Like, yeah, yeah. I that's why we bought it. I, I slept in a tent at camp out this year because we just flew in, and yeah. and my friend Jovan set everything up for us. But uh, yeah, fuck, man. Like, I hated it. That's the first time I've slept in a tent for years. I've I've owned vans for I don't know last like five or six years. So yeah, I haven't like slept in a tent on the ground for so long, and like I woke up every day like, oh fuck, why did I choose to we do this when I'm thirty? We bought our 30? trailer <laughs> off of Craigslist on the way to the gorge. Did you? Yeah. Nice. We were going to Paradiso again to work, and <laughs> we he found this one on Craigslist, and he's like, okay, well it's in Puyallup, and I'm like, well that's definitely not on the way to the gorge, right. but fuck it, we were already packed for the gorge anyway, so we drove all the way down to Puyallup, bought it, and then went back up north cut over and end up at the gorge i love it and it was fantastic i bet it yeah. was so nice like to have having air conditioning and a door, mm-hmm. <laughs> a door yeah. well and quiet yeah it was and pretty decently insulated do you guys have like a to... shower and stuff in there too yeah, yeah. nice that's Good that's ca- we'll show you it's right next to where we are we'll show it to you on the way out we'll cool. give you a little tour of our crib hell yeah <laughs> i love it our side crib yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> our home sweet home i like it yeah I'm a trailer person, but I was telling him when he pulled up in the woke wagon, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I grew Mm. up in a very not great household and I knew like senior year, I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, how am I going to do this? And so I started looking for for 
woke wagons for some sort of a Vita bus or van because I was going to live in it. And my parents like, you can't live in a van. I'm like, fuck yeah, I can. Dude, like, so many I'm going to do, do it. it. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Like once, once you own them, you're in this like super secret, like fucking cult. That, mm. Like <laughs> I, I swear to God, like there's so many like weird people that'll just crawl out of the woodwork. You p- go to gas. I'm like, Hey there, buddy. I got a van too. Like, <laughs> holy shit, man. Where'd you come from? Yeah. I um, went, uh, I went down to Oregon and did a mushroom cultivation. Yes. course oh yeah it's like this seven day cultivation course it was fucking dope Sweet. and i lived in we lived in the trailer that whole nice. week yeah nice and so like two of the people that were like running it both had their own wagons and two different people from the event that were just coming down to do it also had wagons so there were like four different westies yeah, that were just like chilling around the whole time and they were all like you said kind of in this secret cult i swear like, to god yeah i swear to god you don't even have to like each other as people as yeah. long as you have vans like you're in like yeah and it's he so was, crazy he was in school all day and i was in our trailer overlooking this little river and i was like all right i could do this yeah. like i cooked my meals and i did my yoga in this little tiny i think you could strip. do it for like seven days but mm-hmm. i don't know how much longer than that yeah well i i think like if i was going to be longer i would go into town and like interact with people because i definitely got a little stir crazy mm-hmm. out there definitely um i think other things pro- push that along as well but yeah. you were there for a mushroom course so yeah <laughs> i uh i used to like i used to go uh trim in in like in california and stuff and what does that mean like yeah. trim trim weed. Oh, yeah. nice. um so you know you would go out for like two months at a time three months at a time and yeah, we would just, you know, it was me and my girlfriend at the time, and we would just cruise out in the van, set up camp, like everything we needed there, our bed, we have like our cook stove, a little fridge in there, like everything yeah. it was fucking Perfect. sweet. Yeah. So yeah, not only were we making money, we weren't spending money because we were out there not paying rent and living in a fucking van, you know? It's like the most hippie-ass shit in the world, but I love it. There's something so nice about that simplicity, though. Absolutely. I, I know that I definitely get overwhelmed. I mean, we don't live in a super fancy house. We don't have a lot of fancy things, but we have a lot of stuff. Yeah. And when the stuff gets chaotic, like if we've traveled a bunch or we've been coming and going and the piles start to happen, oh, man. Like it stresses yeah, me the same. fuck out. Yeah. I get super anxious. I get really really stressed it's hard for me to even sleep just Mm -hmm. knowing there's shit everywhere that needs to be dealt with yeah versus if you have less stuff and you're in this minimal amount of space like to clean the whole trailer from top to bottom is very quick it's very you're done and then you're like all right that felt good now i've got my nice clean feng shui space going on everything's all balanced yeah yeah i don't know that stuff really affects me yeah i i i really want to get uh, some like my next move i i want to get like one of the sprinter vans one of like the high roof sprinter mm-hmm. vans because standing up inside of your vehicle is fucking amazing like yeah. i with my van the only downside is like i can't stand up to like put my pants on right so mm-hmm. like you're like doing this weird, weird shimmy <laughs> yeah. on the bed like um yeah and that's you know overhead storage obviously is like key when you're trying to live in a fucking 18 square foot vehicle right um but yeah i love it i i would do it again i i keep like threatening that i'm gonna do like urban camping and i'm just gonna like live in my van for a year i was very very close this year but great way to save money totally and like let's be real the rent is the rent prices in seattle are insane like what like yeah what you like a fucking broom closets like $1,200 a month dude yeah. it's it's insane 
So yeah, I've always I've always been like kind of looking for creative ways to get around that. Obviously, living in Bothell is my is my way mm. uh, my way around that Seattle rent thing. But that's it's getting expensive up Bothell's here too. Coming up too Every, yeah. Everything everything is coming up right now, and it's like it's I, it's, I just don't understand it. Hopefully the bubble pops soon and it goes well, Not back just saving money, but just stress-wise, like minimizing your footprint in your life for a little while mm-hmm. is, I think, a great reset. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, like when I would when I would do all that trim work and we would go out there for, you know, three months at a time, it, it was nice. It was nice to, exactly, just to reset, mm-hmm. you know, like be able to just kind of like clear your mind and like get back to roots and like really find who you are and like what you want and like just literally just living for yourself yeah so who are you and what do you want oh man i I haven't had that solo time for a while i mean i might need to recenter (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know it's being being self-aware is like it's probably like the the biggest thing that I've like tried to focus on for myself, you know, like knowing, knowing who I am and knowing what I'm supposed to be doing in certain situations. And I like to think, I like to think that I have that under control. Like I, I'm, I'm a pretty self-aware guy and like, I under, I understand how to navigate most situations that I am involved with. So I think that's, I think that's really important. You know, that's after all, that's, makes us fucking people right Mm -hmm. just being conscious of of who you actually are and not living for like somebody else right like that's that's kind of another reason why i'm probably still single is like not trying to live for anybody else but myself which kind of sounds selfish but it's also very important especially someone that like suffers from some depression issues it's it's very important to me to make sure that i'm living for me and Mm -hmm. actually taking care of what I need to take care of. Well, I think ultimately that's what's a healthy relationship though, Mm -hmm. is a lot of times we think that you have to change or, or be, you know, you'd be like morph into the same people. But I think the best relationships are when you do come in as a very uh, strong person within your own boundaries. And you say, these are what my needs are. And, I'm, this is what I'm working on and I would love for you to be a part of it. And Mm -hmm. that person can equally say, that's great. This is my needs. These are my boundaries. This is what I'm working on. And I would love for you to be a part of it. And you figure out how to marry that together versus, um, this all or nothing type of codependency that you see everywhere. It's so unhealthy. Yeah. I think that's what scares the shit out of Mm -hmm. me about like dating and stuff. It's like, there's a serious codependency problem that I, Mm -hmm. it's just maybe not even a problem, maybe a pattern, but I see it a lot with a lot of the people that I associate with. And let's be real. Like the people that you associate with, like you have like a certain degree of separation. Mm -hmm. You're going to somehow get back to someone in common with anybody that you meet in, in our scene. Right. So like anybody that I date is, it's somehow connected with somebody else and and i see a lot of don't a, a shit of, in your bed right and, I, and <laughs> but i also see like a lot of these people that that are dating each other in our scene and i see their patterns and i see what like how much they like need to like they 
I I get like needing somebody, but I just can't. But when you're getting sucked up in the other person's drama, right. And then, well, or like passing opportunities for yourself because of somebody else, or yeah. like altering your life in general to make it work for somebody else. Like I just I can't get with that, man. Like yeah, I just feel like there's I, there's more to it, right? Like mm-hmm. it, I feel like. I feel like it, I would be in a lot worse of a place if I didn't take time for myself daily, right? Mm-hmm. Like, every, everybody needs to focus on themselves for the most part. But, yeah, like, I, I commend people that are able to take care of themselves and another person. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's insane. Like, <laughs> like being a mom and having a marriage, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. that blows my mind, dude. Like, in a career. I can't even, and, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Like, I can't even imagine having to take on that much. It's... It's definitely insane. tricky. Yeah. Um, I would say like something that we've learned to balance also is living in a dome with no privacy really. Mm-hmm. So we've had to learn how to have our own downtime and alone time. What's helpful is our personalities are actually quite similar, mm-hmm. even though we're also quite different, but we are both fine with not having to communicate nonstop. Right. Right. So like he can be doing his thing and I can be doing my thing and we might still be around each other and in the same room or in the same house, but we're not necessarily doing it together. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do do a lot together. Mm -hmm. We work together and we want to go out to shows together. And I'm the person in the front row whenever he's playing. Like Mm -hmm. there's that support. And but we genuinely like to go and do all those fun things together. But then we also have learned how to figure out how to decompress from right, each right. other as well um and that's where what you said of you have uh this self-awareness mm-hmm. and i think the important thing is finding someone else who has a similar sense mm-hmm. of self-awareness absolutely because if you if by being codependent you find someone else who's then codependent as well right. that's just going to exacerbate everything versus absolutely well they have self awareness and you also need to find somebody who has confidence in who they are and who who's who's who wants to be who they are like that was Jordan always kind of referred to himself as Captain Savaho and I was like always trying to replicate the shit in my life that didn't go well when mm-hmm. I was a kid through all these different relationships like oh I'm going to help this person find their passion and I'm going to help them through their addiction like I was so like fixing everybody and the thing that we why we almost didn't go for each other at first I think was part of why we are good together which was like I didn't really need to change him or fix him and he looked at me like oh you're a grown-ass woman with kids and a job and you're totally self-sufficient you figured your shit out like oh like holy shit we don't have to fix each other this (laughs) could work whoa yeah so that was like a big kind of um but it also this shows our baggage um Mm -hmm. it also was less alluring it was a little bit more like yeah, everyone else kept saying how great we are together and we would be very quick to be like, we're not together. We're just work together. We're just friends. Like, cause we were like, no, no, no. Because I think in his mind, in my mind, like it had to be this more like mm-hmm. moment. But usually those big explosive passionate moments are because somebody's not quite balanced or right. somebody's more needy or somebody needs um, some fixing or, the you know, versus sure. if yeah. you get two totally cooked adult individuals who've, been through their they've dealt with their dark shit and i think too we both came right out of ayahuasca mm-hmm. oh nice <laughs> yeah and i think Wait, that was really? a big, yeah is that how you guys met no. uh no but um our work travels took us 
to Peru and Hell we yeah. did an ayahuasca adventure. I'm so interested in ayahuasca. Like, I really want to like experience that. But it's I'm. Intense. It also kind of scares the fucking shit it should. out of me. It should. It should. Because, yeah. <laughs> bro, let's be real. That shit is like the going into the deepest, darkest fucking parts of your brain and digging up some shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's pretty intense. Yeah. Like, it's not a not a party drug. Definitely uh, not. It's definitely medicine. And and at the time. It didn't. It didn't necessarily bring us together in that way, but I think it was like, I don't know. It was just an experience that we both sort of needed to go through to deal with our dark shadow sides. Mm-hmm. It was like we were both on a path together, and then it set us on different paths. Mm-hmm. But those paths ended up linking back yeah. in the end. So it kind of it felt like we were kind of like moving away, but then it just pulled us right back together even more. Yeah, it was crazy. Nice. Our story's long and convoluted. But I like anyway. it. Yeah. <laughs> but we've Ayahuasca got a couple is... episodes if you want to go back and listen to those. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever gone into all that. Though. Not not I, yeah. but we talk about our whole relationship and journey. Yeah, I was pretty crazy though. He's referred to ego a few times. He had a big a- battle with ayahuasca as far as ego was concerned, and um, for me, it was super therapeutic. Like, oh man! But it was like very uh, therapeutic um, right off the bat. Like mm-hmm. I knew after the two sessions like i knew right away what what i needed to go do and it gave me a like a very clear path of like okay like this is the, this is the work and um with him it was a little bit more of a struggle of like this wasn't really what i expected it to be and i don't really have a clear path or message and i'm not really sure like it was a little bit more of a challenge yeah sure um but yeah, it's, it's unique crazy. to everyone. That's yeah. what's cool about it. Um, so I know you kind of have to get oh, out of here. Shit. You gotta, I do. You gotta go adventure. So we'll yeah, close I, it up I in pl- a sec. I play in Portland tonight. Why am I traveling Woo! again? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. So tell us about that. What's that? Um, so I'm opening for Vanessa. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we as we saw her at Dirty Bird Camp. Out, yeah. right? she's amazing. She's on the come up. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. I've been really digging her tracks that she's coming out with lately. So, cool. um, it's also Streeter's birthday. So, nice. um, yep, we're we're getting, him and I are playing back to back yet again. And uh, I love Portland. I love Portland too. So I used to live in Portland for a while, and okay, I, I I just it's so it's such a weird little fucking nugget of mm-hmm. land. I <laughs> I love it so much, but yeah. I I just can't live there anymore. Like Seattle's definitely my spot. But um, yeah, so Jason, Jason Burns and Peter Shepard are playing back-to-back. And then uh, we have Ann Roses, Killer Kramer, and Rachel Tollefson playing back-to-back. Nice. To open the whole Vanessa. crew down there. Oh, dude, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Fun. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely not lo- looking forward to getting back in the fucking car after <laughs> endless hours in yeah. cars and buses and trains and planes and ugh. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go play the show though. Like yeah. no, va- no vacancy lounge is very, very cool. I don't know if you guys have been there. Not yet. Yet. Um, I, I recommend it. We keep talking about how he needs to get booked down there because we love Portland and yeah. I think it'd be a fun little. Yeah, I think you've talked to Matthew a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah. Talked about a Dirty Bird camp out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, Portland's weird. Portland's weird. They don't. I swear to God, they don't like music that hits on the fucking beat. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like they just have like a huge problem with like house music and techno. But mm. they, they there is a scene for it. It's just very niche and like it's a very small scene. Where I mean, yeah. I'm used to Seattle, where like you put house music in any club club and it's gonna pop, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. e- everyone appreciates house music here, where. As Portland has a more like 
weird like yeah. uh, like ethical taste like it's like they they like different like strange experimental sounds and yeah. I, I I respect that but yeah I've I my first time playing in Portland was when we ended tour and that's strange because I used to live there and mm-hmm. you would think yeah. that I would fucking play there if I lived there but yeah no I had my Portland debut on uh, last Saturday and uh, yeah it it was amazing we opened for Will Clark like I said mm-hmm. No Vacancy Lounge is such a such a cool venue I I have to recommend that highly to everybody it's their their sound is phenomenal will clark was literally rattling the alcohol bottles <laughs> off of the bar as wow. he was playing like it, it was nice. it was booming in we'll there have to go there yeah nice. i i highly recommend it and it's like in the coolest spot of portland like the the everything around it's awesome like yeah we such good food around like yeah she's got some family down in portland so we've been down there nice. several times it's, nice. uh, it's a good spot yeah Totally. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, enjoy the, uh, I guess, the last little piece of your (laughs) tour for... (laughs) Maybe. For for now, I guess. It might might start back up soon. Yeah, Uh, right. All right. Well, Jade, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We appreciate you. Dude, thank you. I love you guys. We love you. Love you too. I hope hope this went well. (laughs) It went went (laughs) splendidly. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.